Welcome in to a special edition of the Walk on Water Boys podcast. This is episode 20. This is also the much-anticipated college football preview episode. First time ever, as promised, Austin, Addison, and myself, all in the same podcast studio. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Looking at this nice view. I see birds, squirrels, nature. Is this is this what the podcast is going to be? Just it's beautiful. Just this, nature. These are, these are things this, Austin has seen. This is things Austin. I saw enjoys. a blue jay. I saw a cardinal. I saw an saw oriole. A wounded, saw a wounded bird earlier. We were concerned wounded, I think about. He was just sunning his feathers. Yeah, sunning his feathers. Drying them off. It rained earlier. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> now that that's out of the way, uh, like we said, special edition of the Walk on Water Boys podcast, the college football preview episode. We've all been waiting for this. Addison even has some notes, although it's a small, tiny little notebook, a little bit smaller than the mustache he's rocking right now. I like how you, <laughs> I like how you almost did a Trump impersonation. Small, tiny. Small, <laughs> tiny. Oh, I did. I said, look at these notes. They're so tiny. These tiny notes. <laughs> so, uh, wow, look at this. It's not the size of the notes. It's the substance. Yeah, there you go. The so we uh, excited to get started. So we got a lot. Of topics to get through, and we're going to try to keep this episode within two hours. Probably not going to happen. Well, it took Probably. three hours to get set yeah, up. Yeah, the first time it's been a while since we've all oh, this is the first time. First time we've all been together in the same studio, but we're we're ready to get rolling here. And uh, first thing we're going to discuss is the opening weekend of college football. Uh, so I've got. How we're going to do this? We've got the I've got all the games that I felt like uh, maybe needed to be mentioned, and we'll start out with Thursday night, September first on ESPN at seven p.m. You've got West Virginia taking on Pitt, the old Big East rivalry game, and then we also at eight o'clock on Fox, September first, you've got Penn State taking on Purdue, a Big Ten game to start off the season which one of those games are appealing uh, to either of you with the big 10 starting off right away first night conference game and then the old big east rivalry the mountaineers taking on the defending acc champions pitt panthers so anxious to see how pitt bounces back from losing a quarterback uh west virginia middle of the road team what did they finish last year they were i'm not sure but you'd have to probably if, if we're talking hot seat coaches you probably have to mention neil brown a lot of success out at Troy. Really hasn't accomplished anything in uh, his few years there at West Virginia. So I'm sure the fans are getting a little impatient uh, up there. But uh, I, I think that should be an entertaining game, just like you said, Kenny Pickett. How is Pitt going to look on the offensive side of the ball this year? And when we, uh, I was looking previous week, week. Zero. Oh, you're going back. To I was that. going to week zero. You're going way was, back to week was, zero. So I, I did my prep for this, and I was told opening week of college football, which yeah. is week zero. Well, you like, went to week one. Yeah, because like Austin and I have discussed before, we don't week consider zero. week zero as <laughs> – I consider week zero to be week one. <laughs> exactly what it is, week zero. Nobody week cares one. about well, zero. All my notes are for not. <laughs> so well, that's your whole notebook, just week zero? Just week zero. Just week zero. After that, he's done. So I'll say this. I'm looking forward to see what Penn State – they're a question mark for the past 10 years. What's Penn State going to do? Are they going to be successful or are they not going to be 
successful. Uh, first game, you just want to see how they come out and play because, I mean, they could go out and score 50 points so they could go and, and, and win the game by two. You yeah. never know with Penn State. So, anxious to see that. If we drop, jump back to week zero, which yeah. Addison has obviously prepped and yeah, prepped Addison's for. Yeah, Addison's prepped for week zero. Uh, I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat prepped for week zero. I only saw three games out of week zero that I even – I'll watch I, everything that comes on. But that I'll pay attention to. Uh, Vandy and Hawaii. Uh, you know, that's my number one game, and you know why. Because it's in Hawaii. Because it's football in Hawaii. Yeah. And anytime there's football uh, in Hawaii. Anything, Hawaii. anything happens in Hawaii, Addison yeah. is, is on board. Hawaii, we'll circle back around and talk about that when we start talking about head coach changes. Uh, but it, let's see what Vandy looks like in week zero against a team they should beat. Um, Vandy. Yeah, Vandy should, should beat, beat Hawaii. There you go. Uh, Pressure's on. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, Vandy should beat Hawaii. The they projections should. right now are 78%. Uh, Hawaii. Oh my! Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Week zero. According to Addison? according to ESPN. Are you talking about fan projections? Nope. I'm talking about the ESPN projections. Seventy-eight percent Hawaii. I'm well, just saying I think, Addison is prepped, and I'm not yeah. going to question him. Uh, I think this is a this is a should win for Vandy. Uh, they better get that at, one. If it's a should win, they better get it. Yeah. Then you look at Nevada and New Mexico State. Uh, those are usually high scoring games. I usually put money online on those. And it's Charlotte at Florida Atlantic. You like putting money on the games where just nobody can stop the other team. Exactly. You do that that in-game betting, and it gets down to the fourth quarter. I'm like, who's got the ball? Who's got the ball? Who's got the ball? $100. uh, And then Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, you know, let's see what Charlotte looks like. That's a game Carolina should win, but I'd like to see what they look like uh, coming out first week. So, Addison, let's open it up. Week zero to you. Week zero to me. uh, You ready, Clint? Go for it. (laughs) Well, he's already – I think he put a lot on the a Hawaii, Hawaii matchup. Hawaii-Vandy game, no. Um, Nebraska-Northwestern is the game that I have at the top of my list. So, it's in Dublin. Uh, the Aaron mm. Linguist. Georgia. Yes, Dublin, Georgia. Dublin, Georgia. Big, big stadium over there. Big Dublin, time. Ireland. Uh, it's in the uh, – this is the uh, Aaron Linguist, Aaron Linguist college football classic. Easy. Uh, careful. It's uh, Northwestern's first time playing outside of the U.S. That's the national airline. playing outside. That's the, <laughs> that's the national airline of Ireland, Clint. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay, gotcha. Um, Northwestern's first time playing outside of the United States. Uh, early Big Ten West matchup. I'm excited to see what happens. Look at that. He even got the division right. Look at this guy. Neba- it's a whole Nebraska's, new Nebraska's uh, seven wins on the 13 games they've played, so they split it right down the middle. They're heavily favored to win this. Um, seven divided by thirteen divided by seven. It's right in the middle. It's close. It's right in the middle. Six and a half. You round up. That's seven. There you go. That's math. Uh, and then the next three games are uh, Northwestern's heavily favored. They got Duke, Southern Illinois, and Miami of Ohio. Um, Nebraska, North Dakota, and then Georgia Southern, which they're heavily favored over. However. I'm going to talk a little bit, a bit about Georgia Southern later on. I think that that could be a game we'll that see. they could stumble on. <laughs> and then uh, they play Oklahoma, uh, which uh, I think this is the only game that they've got between the, now and Oklahoma to try to get prepped for that game. So I think it's big for them to see uh, how they're going to match up. <laughs> so what are these corn huskers going to do in Ireland? It's a different type of crop out there. Yeah, it's a different type. Yeah. A lot of taters. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the – what's the? go ahead, let's see the outcome of the game. 
Uh, I'm saying Nebraska wins uh, by seven. I'd say Nebraska wins by 28. Okay. Over who they play? Northwestern. Northwestern? I won't be 28. Who's uh, Nebraska's quarterback? Is it still Tate Martinez? He's been there for nine years. Tate Martinez or Tate Martinez? Tate Martinez. He's been there like nine years, averages nine picks a game. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I, I tell you what, man. I'm confident Pat Fitzgerald as a head coach. Big fan of Northwestern. And uh, and I think I think Northwestern gets the win. I, I think he's – yes, because I tell you what, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. There's no Scott doubt about Frost that. Is. They From what he did at UCF and then him come over to Nebraska, and they haven't done anything since he's been there. And trying to come up with a pun. Those uh, Nebra- down that hot those, seat. Those Nebraska <laughs> fans, yeah, Frost. There you go. Yeah. Nebraska fans, uh, you know, they fired. What was it Bo Pelini? He was winning nine to ten games a year, and they got rid of him. And then, uh, and then I don't know if they've got nine wins since. Yeah. So, uh, so can we get back to week one now? Are we done with week zero? <laughs> hey, you know, the listeners one, are all confused. Hold on now. Where are we going here? Week so, zero, week one. So, so we're back to week one. Uh, now we're over to Friday night. A couple of big games, I feel like, on Friday night. You've got another Big Ten matchup. You've got Illinois taking on Indiana in the Big Ten matchup there. And then you've got TCU at Colorado. Uh, Colorado used to be in the Big 12, left, went to the Pac-12. And TCU kind of replaced them there in the Big 12. And then now all of the talks with realignment. Is Colorado going to eventually get back to the Big 12? Uh, but an interesting game there with TCU, Gary Patterson, no longer the head coach there. He's been there for I don't even know how many years. And since TCU was on the map pretty much, uh, Gary Patterson's been their head coach. So uh, entertaining game there on Friday night. I don't know if y'all have got anything uh, to talk about there with those two matchups. New head coach at TCU, Sonny Dukes, mm-hmm. Southern Methodist. So, yep. I mean, they're getting a quality coach coming in. Yeah. Uh, where did Gary coach. Patterson go? Make, I don't think he's anywhere. I think he's just retired. I'm not sure anyone has brought him on. That's a, a I mean, that's a, that's a good pickup. It though. wouldn't surprise me if Nick Saban's hired him on as an analyst. That's usually what he does with former head coaches. Yeah. They find their way as an analyst. In about a year or two, when one of their assistants leaves, they're, they're the new defensive coordinator or offense coordinator or something. That, uh, I think that's a good pickup by uh, by the, horn, the horned toads. The horned toads. The, the horned toads. Yeah, I uh, think that's a good pickup. He's a quality coach. Uh, Gary Patterson, success, but never quite where they wanted to be. So they had some good years. The Andy Dalton, years. Andy Dalton years were good. You uh, know, they they always he always reminded me of of Brian Kelly in Notre Dame, and not the same level, but the same just plateau. Right? Yeah, we're here, we're here, we're it. here, and we're plateauing. Yeah, we're not making it. I'm so happy Brian Kelly's out of. Out of South Bend, so happy. Yeah, which we'll, we'll yeah we'll get to that when we get into the coaching changes. But I mean, you're right. I mean, this he had take TCU. They were always that kind of on the same level as Boise State. Yeah. You know, Gary Patterson had them as that non-power five school that you could count on to win ten games pretty much every year. Came over to the Big Twelve, not the same success once he started playing those power five schools yeah. every weekend. Uh, so let's that takes us into Saturday. And the Saturday, if you're a fan of college football, the opening I am. weekend, I am. the opening weekend, I think I was talking to the listeners. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but obviously, we're a fan. Well, we are. Uh, we're I, think, I think a great opening Saturday, opening weekend of college football, but Saturday, starting right off at noon, you've got, let's see, you've got Rutgers taking on Boston College, another former Big East matchup there. 
That's Saturday at noon on the ACC Network. You've got North Carolina taking on App State. Very interesting matchup there. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, that one is noon on ESPNU. You've got the NC State Wolfpack, who are a lot of a lot of media are hyping up this year, predicting them to maybe win the ACC this year. What can they do in the opening game taking on East Carolina? East Carolina got a really good chance there to have an early upset of them and really yep. put a put a hurting on NC State. Yeah, that, that, that's a big game because you've got East Carolina, who's maybe that fringe group of five team that you need to pay attention to this year. They're a good and, team. And then you've got NC State, who – like I said before, it's being hyped up, and you don't want to be hyped up and then go out and lose that first game uh, to a group of five team. Although a respectable group of five team with East Carolina, but still NC still State, NC teams. State probably when the AP rankings come out uh, next week after we're recording this episode, you'll probably see North Carolina State inside that top fifteen. So you don't want to go out and lose to East Carolina yeah, your first game of the season. Huge hit if that yeah. happens. Uh, so that takes us over to the three thirty games. You've got Cincinnati taking on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Big game there at 3.30 on ESPN. Right off the bat. Another big game at 3.30. The Ducks of Oregon. Dan Lanning, former defensive coordinator of the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs, right there Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. Two huge games. So, I mean, those are definitely 3.30. You're going to be flipping back and forth or even using the old picture-in-picture there you got on your TV. Or two TVs. Two TVs, whatever setup you're going to have for that every weekend. I don't – see, and and so we'll get into our picks and everything later uh, as far as Power 5, non-Power 5. I I see Cincinnati having a letdown – this year from last year. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of focus on them. After, you know, they made the playoffs. So everybody was begging for a group of five team to make the playoffs. They made the playoffs. You know, they didn't get embarrassed. You know I mean? They gave no, a good no, fight and gave a good game. A good yeah, game. I mean, but, you know, can they repeat that just like you're talking about? A lot and of eyes are Arkansas. I mean, they – Came out of nowhere last year. Came out of nowhere. It fell off towards the end of the season. But they're still a good school. And I don't know. I, I see Arkansas winning that game. Uh, I just see Cincinnati not, you know, not having near the success they had last year. And I think this is going to be an opening game that's going to really set the tone for them. If they win it, okay, you know, it's almost like one of those swing games. Say, how can you have a swing game in game one? But, I mean, this could really set the tone for, for the season. For, yeah, for Cincinnati. I, I agree 100% because, I mean, you're looking at, I think you would say a mid-tier SEC team in Arkansas this year. So you get the win, great. You're you know looking at the same type of year that you had last year. You lose this game, and the hype goes away. The chances of you going in and making the playoffs this year go from maybe it's going to happen to there's no way. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, Cincinnati. You're looking at them if they get that win, just like I said, if they get that win over Arkansas. I mean, they're right there in the mix again for the college football playoff. Arkansas, if you want to get more more attention on you in the SEC, you've got to go out and win that game. Yeah. You got to, if, if you're there's a lot of Arkansas's a trendy team this year in the SEC after mm-hmm. what they did last season. So can they can they validate that by going out and beating a probably the top of the line when it comes to group of five teams. Sure. Obviously yeah. with them I, making I, the, the I group love of to five. see well, I mean obviously you love to see a game that is a must win for one of the two teams, but in this situation I think your season is going to hinge very heavily on do I win this first game for both of the teams. Yep. This is one of those first-week games that's not the crazy, huge, you know, 
Clemson, who they open up with? Clemson? Yeah. They open up with Georgia Tech this year. What Georgia Tech, right? That's, it's not quite that. It's not, you know, a, a huge game. But this is a fun, interesting matchup. Uh, and there's a few of them on week one uh, to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, so I think another interesting game, we'll get to the 7 o'clock kickoff times, uh, Utah at Florida. Very, very intriguing game, in my opinion. Obviously, Florida, uh, first-year head coach, Billy Napier, uh, former Louisiana Raging Cajuns head coach. Former Furman University quarterback. Yeah, former offensive coordinator when Dabo Sweeney was head coach at Clemson his first year uh, and then went on to join Alabama staff at some point. He was there for a while learning under Nick Saban. A lot of success. I think he's a really good coach. But that is a that's a tough ask there taking on a very talented Utah team, a defending Pac twelve champion Utah team right there in the opening weekend. Yeah, who who a lot of people have winning again this season. Yeah, Utah is gonna be back. They lost some talent on the defensive side, uh, but they bring back a high powered offense to go along with Utah, you can always say they're gonna have a respectable defense. I mean, yeah. every year they're not going to be bad on the defensive side of the ball, but now they've got an offense to go along with that. So a lot, like you said, a lot of hype around Utah this year. And then that obviously brings us to the other 7 o'clock kickoff. We've got Army taking on Coastal Carolina Addison. Army headed to the beach to mm-hmm. take on Coastal yeah. Carolina. On yeah. the surf turf. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, obviously Addison will be paying attention to that. But, I mean, that – well, I can't think of my name. My head just blanked on the name of their head coach at Army. Was at Georgia Southern for a long time, a lot of success at Georgia Southern. Now he's at Army, and Army is legit. I mean, Army yep. Army was getting – they were not good before he got there. And then – so that's a very intriguing – Jeff Munkin. Jeff Munkin, that's yeah. it. If you're looking outside – I mean, regardless of the Coastal Carolina fandom or being local to the state of South Carolina – if you're looking for a very intriguing group of five matchup open a weekend, yeah. I think Army and Coastal Carolina are, are two intriguing teams because those are fringe top 25 teams. And who knows, they may, one of those or both could find themselves on the back end of that top 25 when the AP releases. That's one of the top, I, obviously, as a Coastal fan, so I'm always going to be excited about the App State game, always going to be excited about the Georgia Southern game. But <clears throat> taking those two out, the only other game of the season that really jumps out to me as being super exciting other than the Army game is when we head to Virginia and play Virginia this year. So that's going to be exciting to see us be able to go up and play Virginia, playing a big-time ACC school. Hopefully you can pick up a win. But Army coming to Myrtle Beach to play is, I mean, it's exciting. I'm excited to see what happens. Um, fingers crossed we can pull out a win. Yeah, and I mean, are going to slow slow down the game, which is the opposite of what Coastal wants to do. Yeah, Absolutely, right. Yeah. So that's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, and, and two group of five teams that's really the last few years have really became a consistent winning team. You know, nine, ten, maybe no worse than eight. It's you know, nice in a season. To, so it's nice to see these military colleges actually. Yeah. It is. I, mean, I feel like Addison not pulling for Army in this game is it's a little unpatriotic. It's a little unpatriotic. <laughs> a little, a little I'm bit. not sure. I feel right. Sure. We'll discuss that later. Uh, so let's move over now to the 7.30 games. And obviously we're going to go game by game with the Gamecock schedule later in the show. So not maybe too in-depth here with this game. Sure. But it is the opening game for the Gamecocks. They'll be taking on Georgia State, former 
interim coach yep. for the Gamecocks, Sean Elliott, yep. head coach over Georgia State, and he's got a nice program going there with Georgia State. That's at 7.30 on the SEC Network, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, so I get them all. all you Gamecock fans, you can check that one out. And then the big one, maybe the biggest one of the entire weekend, Austin's Fighting Irish taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes at 7.30 on ABC. Huge so, game. So if Notre Dame wins, they write their destiny, they're going to make it to the playoffs if they win this game. Yeah. yeah I mean, unless they slip up. Sorry, they, they, they host Clemson later on in the year. They host Clemson. They host Clemson later on in the year. Uh, spoiler alert, I got them beating Clemson. But if they win this game, they make it to the playoffs. Uh, there's a chance if they lose this game, they win out. I, I got in my notes, if they lose this and win out, there's a very small chance, chance of them yeah. making it. Uh, but their schedule just isn't strong enough, in my opinion. And now, we, you know, we talk about that every year, right? Uh, the, the strength of schedule for Notre Dame. Um, I just don't if, – if they lose against Ohio State, I don't see them really being able – to come back and make it uh, to the playoffs. Well, which I, I don't know. Hurt you got you got Clemson, so they'll play Clemson, USC, Stanford, Cal, and UNC, right? Nothing really. Made, I mean, obviously Clemson, right? Yeah, Clemson. That'd be their big. If they yeah. if they slip up, and lose Ohio State, they've got to win the Clemson. game. They have to beat Clemson. They have to beat Clemson. I think they have to beat USC. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's I, a oh, big, no. Absolutely. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. What I'm they've saying win is. Out. They have to win out. If they lose if to they Ohio, lose State, Ohio State, they, they have, have to win out. I'll agree with 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. 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 And there's a chance they could do that because their schedule is not that strong. USC is not where they have been. Uh, Stanford, mm. Cal. We'll talk more about that. No, we won't. It's called U of SC. Get on the same page here, buddy. <laughs> USC's in California. That's right. USC's in California. Carolina's in Chapel Hill. And the university in South Carolina has been and always will be. Clemson Coastal Carolina University. Uh, <laughs> quoting quoting yeah, the two-time so, national champion, Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah, anyway. Anyways, so, anyways. yeah. So, bear, I mean, obviously it's a huge game because these are two teams that have national championship aspirations. It's a big Hopes game. And Hopes and It's going to be a fun game, and I think you're going to be a low-scoring game, which typically first – yeah. At least Notre Dame first game. Ohio of the State season does not want it to be a low score. No, of course with, not. With C.J. Stroud at quarterback, Ryan Day, I think maybe the best. I know Lincoln Riley gets a lot of attention for his offensive mind, but I, yeah. I tell you what, I think Ryan Day is probably the best offensive mind we have in college football right now. Uh, I look forward to the game. Uh, Notre Dame comes in with a stout, experienced defense, probably the best offensive line in the nation. Well, yeah, they're they're good on the offensive line every year. I mean, they yeah. every year they're putting people in the NFL uh, at offensive line. It's it's gonna be a good game. I'm, I think I'm, I'm I think so. That. I agree. I agree. That's that's probably my game of the week. Oh, I think that's what I think it is. I think the most interesting game is the Cincinnati Arkansas game yeah. and Oregon Georgia. You can make a case for both of those. I agree. Um, but the biggest game, most college football playoff national championship. Yeah. Impact is going yep. to be that Ohio State Notre Dame game. So that takes us over to the uh, the final game on Saturday night, 8 p.m. An ACC conference game, the open season. Louisville, kind of a sleeper this year in the ACC, with Scott Satterfield there, former App State coach, uh, has had some success there. 
Uh, I think he's got a chance to have a sneaky good team this year in the ACC and taking on uh, maybe the worst team in the ACC with the Syracuse Orange there. That is 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Then we're moving over to Sunday. And this is a very intriguing game. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Very intriguing game. You've got the Seminoles of FSU. Could that be a job that is open at the end of this season? You've got them taking on uh, Brian Kelly at his new job, taking on the LSU Tigers. That's Sunday night, 7.30 on ABC. Two two quote-unquote rebuilding teams. Yeah. Uh, LSU more than FSU probably. FSU's like on – they're on the come up, right? They're – They hope to be. They, they, you, they're you, hoping they are. All size point to them. Well, I think with, with Florida State it's more of they don't have the talent they used to have. Sure. LSU's still got the talent. I just think the coach that was running that program just let things really? get out of, way out of hand. What do you mean, Clinton? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, it was pretty obvious that that was – Where you going, boy, Joe? Yo, yo scissors, yellow uh, shirt. As soon as soon as so I don't even remember the guy's name, but the offensive coordinator they brought in the year that they just lit it up, won the national championship, beat Clemson. Yeah, they had Matt. What was his name? I don't remember what his name is, but anyways, he came in from the Saints offense coordinator. They had the best offensive offense maybe in the history of college football. And then you also had uh, Baylor's head coach as the defensive coordinator that same year. Was it Dave? Was it, was it, I don't remember what his name is. But anyways, I mean, he was just loaded as a staff on that one. Perfect yeah. combination for Ed Odron just kind of get out of the way, and they won a national championship. As soon as they bolt, it all fall apart. It all falls apart again. Hey, uh, Coach O, I love him. Love him to death just what he is. That Yeah, guy, very that entertaining thing. college football yeah. personality. Right? Let him be a recruiter. Let him be a talking head of the program. You know, yeah. yeah. So I think that's what Brian Kelly. I don't know if head coaches. There's, the right there's, thing yeah. There's o. plenty of talent at LSU. Yeah. And Brian Kelly's stepping in. I think his mindset of is being in the SEC, maybe getting more of you know that SEC recruiting base yeah. to come in. And I think that's what he thinks is going to take him to the next level. We'll see. Very interesting. Kind of two programs right now, maybe heading in the di- different direction with first year head coach and maybe a coach on his way out there. but Newly Southern Brian Kelly. Yeah. It's nice to be down here in Louisiana, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My family and I rolled in last night, yeah. you know. <laughs> I see, boys, oh, I man. tell you. Oh, geez. So, the, so now moving God, on to the – makes sick, dude. I, I have said – you do. Oh, you I know. Know, I know you're just like Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly for years. Always Because him. he has had the talent, he has had the ability to, to make Notre Dame – Go to number one, win a championship, and he couldn't do it. Well, I think one thing that also – I mean, we could really get down, get into the Fighting Irish we, right let's down do here. It. But I think one thing that has held them back is – have they – I'll ask you this question. Have they, <laughs> have they had an elite quarterback at the position Since to get them over – Brady the, Quinn. Was Brady Quinn elite? I don't know. That's what I say. Name the last college football truly, Brady Quinn. Yeah, truly elite quarterback the Fighting Irish have had. No. And when it comes time to win the college football playoff, I mean Georgia's defense was just well, out, I was I mean, out say, of this is world. Bennett yeah, Georgia's elite? defense was out of this world, and they had terrific playmakers around him and yeah. a great offensive line. But you don't have the, that same set of playmakers for the Fighting Irish, and you don't have the same. 
the defense, although respectable and one of the top 15, top 20 defenses, not maybe the best ever defense you know, that Georgia had yeah. last year. Uh, I think they've had the talent that they have not had probably since Brady Quinn was their last. Who took them to – but the playoffs, the playoffs weren't around when Brady yeah, Quinn was around, but they went to a BCS bowl game, I yeah. believe, um, when he was there. No, they haven't had an elite quarterback, but why not? Yeah. How are you not getting an elite quarterback? Yeah, yeah, and that's what this that, – I mean, that's for Marcus Freeman to find out, I guess, as yeah. the new head coach. So, that'll take us over to the final game. Like I said, going to go game by game, more in-depth with the Clemson and South Carolina schedules later on the show. But, obviously, Clemson at Georgia Tech – the final game on the college football opening weekend slate. That's Monday night, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Tigers taking Snooze on the Yellow Fest. Jackets in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Snooze uh, fest. Obviously, I'm frustrated because here I am all excited about college football, and i got to wait until Monday uh, to watch <laughs> Clemson play. Uh, but you say snooze fest, but – You've got, Georgia Tech. Get snooze fest. You've got Georgia Tech. There's been a lot of frustrated Yellow Jackets fans now uh, th- wondering if they have the right head coach. And then, obviously, Clemson's going to have a lot to prove in that game with DJ Uwe Ungalale having to – Well he ready, done on the name, like by that? the way. You have – is he ready to finally prove that I can take over this offense? Because last season, obviously – a uh, lot of question marks. We'll get into that more in a later episode. But I, I think it's it's an interesting. Fest. It's an interesting. I hope it's a snooze fest. Forty two to ten. That's away. perfectly fine with me. I will. I will take that in a heartbeat. So that wraps up what I think is a very exciting opening weekend of college football. Uh, Clemson gets a conference game. To, to second week. It's for a Addison. good. It's a good second yeah. week of college football. Uh, the uh, Clemson gets a good game to start off conference game. In Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Coastal Carolina with a very intriguing matchup. You got the Gamecocks should win, but you know should there's, we, yeah, there's a big possibility <laughs> they don't. <laughs> interesting storyline there with Sean Elliott. We'll get there at Georgia That's, State. They're a yeah. quality opponent. Yeah, quality, but he's got a nice, nice respectful program over there with Georgia State. So that brings us over to our second topic, which we've kind of mentioned here with some of these opening weekend matchups. Opening weekend. Matchups, Addison. Addison says <laughs> week two matchups. <laughs> Addison says be week one or be nothing. Yeah, there's no week zero. That brings us over to our second topic of this episode. We're looking at you know schools with new head coaches, mainly focusing on the Power Five here. Sure. Uh, first year head coaches and you know coaches in new places. Future so, Steve Spurrier, coach of the year. Yeah, coach. Yeah. So so we're going to start out west here. We're going to start out in the Pac-12. You've got Washington Huskies getting new head coach Kalen DeBoer. Uh, if you are familiar with him, you'll know that he came from Fresno State. Fresno State. If you're not familiar with him, at least you know he's coming from a respectable group of five program. Fresno yep. State has been good for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they hope they finally got the right hire there at Washington. And then I think the two biggest, obviously two biggest hires in the Pac-12, you've got Oregon Ducks hiring Georgia's defense coordinator Dan Lanning. And USC Trojans, obviously, with the big shock uh, bringing on Lincoln Riley from the Sooners of Oklahoma. Do you know what I like about that the most? What's that? Clay Helton is now at George Southern. That is correct. Yeah, Clay Helton. I'd love to – can we talk about that now or are we going to talk about that – when we get to the East so you're Coast. Talking about, we're talking about USC right now, so that, well, that I, ties I was, in with Georgia Southern. I yeah, wanted to fine. talk about the Georgia. So that's I, I put down two specific ones I wanted to talk about. This was the one that I don't think is necessarily the best move, but it's the most interesting move. So with 
Clay Helton going to Georgia Southern from USC. Florida native, so he knows the recruiting in the area. Yeah, he's a great recruiter. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he's going to have an opportunity to do good things at Georgia Southern. Underachieving while he was at USC, uh, 46 and 24. But really, who's overachieving at USC? Fair. Unless you're Pete Carroll. Well, and his first – well, and what yeah, happened? Yeah. Be Carol, yeah. sorry, you know, things that would be legal now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, I mean has anybody talking, ever overachieved well, as a coach? We're talking 2000, legally. 2016, 2017, only six losses. The combination of the two years, all the rest of those losses coming after 2018. Uh, I'm very the most interested to see his offensive plan up against the typical Georgia Southern plan, which has always been for the past 30 years, option. Mm -hmm. Option, option, option. That's what Georgia Southern's always done, and they've done it very successfully. They've moved up from lower tier into being in the Sun Belt now. They're a, always a very good team. They've relied almost exclusively on the option how his offense coming in from the West Coast is going to translate into that, whether he is going to have to change what he does or if he's going to attempt to change what Georgia Southern does. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, that is interesting for them uh, because what is he going to do with the offense? And we know he can recruit. Obviously, recruiting at Georgia Southern is a little bit different of a ball game, but like you said, Florida mm -hmm. native, knows the area. Uh, but getting back to USC for Lincoln Riley – the hype trains, I mean, it's, it's, it's left the station. Yep. I mean, with Lincoln Riley there bringing his quarterback from Oklahoma over, you know, it's going to be a Heisman contender. They're expecting an exciting offense just like – One of his quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of his quarterbacks. So, you mentioned, you know, Pete Carroll. That's what fans are going to expect year one with Lincoln Riley. They're going to expect high-powered offense, exciting playmakers all over the field. Uh, you know, question marks, can they do it right away? How soon can they become that prolific offense that Lincoln Riley is used to? And what are they going to do on the defense and side And Lincoln Riley, much like Pete Carroll, a player's coach. Oh, yeah. Right? Player's coach. Player's coach. And I think Pete Which Carroll – Which you haven't, you haven't seen at USC for the most part. Yes. Yeah, when since, those coaches have cycled through. Yeah. Uh, Sarkeesian, definitely not a player's coach. No. You know, yeah. Clay Hilton, from what I've Ed read. Orgeron. Is, yeah. Wasn't Ed Orgeron the interim coach there for a while? Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> so, so, I don't know whose coach he is. He's – Coach O's Coach O's coach. Yeah, Coach O, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, I mean, with them, I think he, it's like you, you nailed it. you got to be a player's coach, and your personality has to fit L.A. And I think Lincoln Riley yeah. fits – LA. I, I, and I think he Especially will Especially now that NIL's opened up. Oh, yeah. In LA? I, think oh that, I think that will, that will. I mean, they brought in, uh, we didn't even mention when we talked about the Pitt game earlier, not only was Pitt losing Kenny Pickett, but their best playmaker on offense, I believe his name is Malcolm Addison. I, I, maybe, I think Addison is, is his yep. last name. Not sure I got the first name correct. But Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. That's right. Jordan Addison. Yeah. So he, he moves over to USC and. So I think the offense, how soon can they get rolling under Lincoln Riley? Uh, so that moves us over to Lincoln Riley coming from Oklahoma. That's out of the Big 12, so that moves us over to the Big 12. We mentioned it earlier, TCU with the new head coach, Sonny Dykes, coming from the SMU Mustangs. You've got the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They bring on Joey McGuire, associate head coach uh, for the past few seasons, linebacker coach for the Baylor Bears. And then, obviously, the Oklahoma Sooners, Bringing Dynasty's in, over. Yeah, Oklahoma Sooners bringing in 
if not the best, one of the best defensive coordinators of the last decade, uh, Brent Venables. I would say who was absolutely. There, who the was there under uh, Bob Stoops. They bring him back. I think this was the perfect case scenario for Brent Venables, who's been very patient, waiting on the perfect opportunity to leave Clemson. Sure. And I think he got it. Uh, question Bob Stoops, marks. Brother question marks. Mark. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, but there's always that question mark around these big-time de- defensive coordinators. Will they be successful becoming head coaches? And that'll be the question mark around them because Oklahoma has lost through the transfer portal, yeah. uh, decommits. They lost a lot, and I think uh, there's going to be some big-time question marks around the Sooners here in year one. Well, I think the main point, the main thing to take away is the dynasty's over, Clint. For Your Clemson, OC's we'll, gone. Your DC's we'll, we'll gone. Get, we'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. A minute. And I, and I, there, lo- I love that. I'm already there, buddy. I love that I'm national media sports pundit uh, perception of Clemson. So I, lo- I love that. But so uh, but we'll get into that later. Over. Uh, later in the episode. So but you know Brent Venables. I mean you go from high high octane focused offense to a full fledged aggressive defensive attack with Brent Venables. And who's, who's his OC at Oklahoma now? Uh, his OC, great Jeff hire. Libby. His great, yeah. So the offensive coordinator from uh, Ole Miss, the Lane Kiffin, and yeah. he was actually discussed there. There were rumblings of maybe Dabo Sweeney having some interest in him, um, but obviously Brent <clears throat> Venables uh, hiring him. I think that's a great hire for him because Brent Venables can step back, let him run the show, and Brent Venables can be more involved on the defensive side of the ball. And who they just they just had to let go. That was the tight ends. It was, oh, some, it was, it was a positions coach. coach. Okay. It was a positions coach. I don't remember his. I don't That's, remember his name. Uh, what's his name's brother? Oklahoma State. Gundy. That's Gundy's right. It brother. was a Gundy. Gundy's Gundy. Brother. I knew yeah. I'd recognize the last name, uh, but yeah. I don't. I mean, I didn't it was know if a he story. was or anything. I, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see the story specifically. But but, uh, but yeah. So interesting there. Obviously, as a Clemson fan. I hope for a lot of success for Brent Venables. Um, I love Brent Venables. Yeah, he's a great coach. So much better, Dallo. Yes. So, the, <laughs> so uh, he, is a, he is a tremendous coach. Yeah. So I would say that takes us over to the Big Ten. No coaching changes in the Big Ten this year, and they've got a lot of good coaches in the Big Ten. Uh, maybe not on the same level as Orion Day, uh, but great head coaches over there. But no coaching change in the Big Ten. So that will take us over to the ACC, where you've got. Is this finally the time where the U? returns to being the U. You've got I got it right here. That's my I'm best. Excited. That's my best. You've got Miami uh, alum, Mario Cristobal. They went out and got Dan Radakovich, Clemson's uh, athletic director. Yep. They brought him in. They are making a full-fledged commitment finally to the football program, realizing that they can't rely on what they did in the 80s and 90s anymore. They've got to invest in their program. Let me let me <laughs> show you. Let me show you what I wrote at the bottom of my notes okay. for the Miami pick here. Uh, made the U the U again. And I think Mario Cristobal is the man to do it. Uh, obviously, he wasn't at Oregon long enough to prove he's a legit head coach, but I think he fits. He is what the U needs. and One of, if not the top recruiter in the country. Yeah, he's a very good recruiter. Tremendous recruiter. He's going to know how to recruit that Miami base where there's not, athletes all over. And that's to say, not only is he a great recruiter wherever in the country he is, yeah. he's going back home. Mm-hmm. He was born in Miami. He played for the U. This is the opportunity for them again become the U of the nineties yeah. without all the arrests and jail time. Uh, yes. Preferably. Hey, why? Well, yes. 
Hey, that's no, what made this the is, that's what made the you the you. This is produced I think, all those guys. I, I like Miami. I'm, I mean, I'm a Clemson fan, so in the ACC, I'm going to pull for Clemson. But I, I like Miami. I always have. Yeah, I like. I mean, dude, Miami I, was loaded back in the early 2000s. Absolutely. I, mean, I am so excited for the opportunity for Miami to become Miami again. Yeah. In college football, I, I, I love going great. back and watching you know older games on ESPN Classic. And you watch the old Miami games from the early 2000s, and you're like, these are Dude. pro football Hall of Famers all over the field. It right. is insane Everywhere. how yep. much talent they had back then. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I like Miami. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. I, I hope for the ACC's uh, benefit that Miami finally gets back to where they were and where the ACC hoped they would be when they brought them on. But I mean, obviously, the biggest news that he's changed is he's gotten rid of the turnover chain. Uh, that was the first order of business. I, I was he, he kicked that to the curb and said, we're no longer doing the turnover chain. So that is gone. And and I'm not sure where that started, um, but I'm glad that's that's gone. I mean, it, it's a team it's game. It spawned so much. You saw yeah, everybody had so Exactly. Stupid. And I think that's everybody why. Did do I think the turnover chain was pretty good. That was pretty cool. Until but, it but got it ridiculous. Turned, everybody yeah. else tried to copy it. See, yeah. I, want my, I, I miss the Miami – the real Miami. I want that you know. attitude back. I want, you want, 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 want Jalen. I, I want, you know, hit, stick, bust, talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I want to see. So so that's the Miami I love. And he, he, I mean, he comes into a talented team. I mean, it's not like Miami's – they don't have the talent. So, it, it's going to be interesting what he can do there in that coastal division in your I'm one. so excited to see two, three, four years from now, Miami at the top of the game versus Deion Sanders at FSU oh, at the top of the game. Oh, my goodness. That, I mean, oh. yeah. So would so would uh, the ACC. <laughs> they're, they're trying to hold it together yeah. long enough for that Just to happen. Long enough for that yeah, happen. So, so that so we're moving on next. Another uh, big hire in the ACC. First year head coach Tony Elliott, Clemson offensive coordinator, yep. moves over and will be taking on the Virginia Caval- uh, t- taking over the head coach position for the Virginia Cavaliers. I think that's a great fit for him. I think that fits his personality of respectable program. Uh, you know they've they had some success back in the 80s and 90s kind of trended down they had some some good good seasons there under their last head coach so i think there's there's talent in place they've been to an acc championship game but obviously clemson uh clemson fan former offensive coordinator tony elliott moves over there so i hope for good things for him uh in year one i'm excited for again as i said earlier coastal's headed up to virginia for that game there was you know, the idea got floated around that Virginia might go after Coastal's head coach for that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy that didn't happen, obviously. But I think it's going to be really good to see Tony Elliott get up there. I think he's going to do good things. I'm excited to see Virginia kind of get back to some winning ways. So that's going to be good. Yeah, so that so that goes over maybe some, some you know, lesser publicity about the, the last two coaching changes in ACC, but it does affect a, a national champion hopeful this year uh, coming out of the SEC. You've got Duke Blue Devils, a uh, longtime head coach David Cutcliffe steps away, and you've Thank now God. got you've got <laughs> Texas A&M defensive coordinator Mike Elko. I like this. And Mike Elko, he, he wanted the best defensive coordinators in college football of the last decade, had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator for the Demon Deacons at Wake Forest when he was there for his time in the ACC. So I think obviously Duke's tough. Duke's a tough job to win at. You've only had one coach. You got win. all those smart kids. They they, they yeah. just can't. Yeah. So get together. so I think it's a great hire for Duke, and they'll be patient with him as he learns, you know, how to be a head coach. Um, 
but obviously big name there, Michael Elko taking over that one. And then up in Blacksburg, you've got the Virginia Tech Hokies. Finally, moving on from uh, Fuentes, their head coach, you've got Brent Pry coming over uh, from Penn State. He was their defensive coordinator. So Virginia Tech, obviously, I think what y'all are, maybe if y'all are paying attention to what y'all are noticing here, a trend. Everybody talking about offensive football taking Lots over the game. Overboard. A lot of DCs getting brought on as head coaches. <laughs> uh, yeah, getting brought on as head coaches here. So, so oh, could we see it going back to a defensive-focused uh, game here in the next five, <clears> ten years? So as much as I'd love to – yeah, as much as I'd love to see it become more of a defensive game, I think that uh, just because of the way that rules are continuing to progress and the way they are, I think there's no way we ever go back to a defensive game. I think there are so many rules in the, in the system right now and then moving forward down the line as things keep, to prog- keep progressing. I think there's so many rules that constrain defense that I don't think you ever will be able to go back to that heyday hey 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 the hey the hey of having a defensive game. I think that yeah, it's, yeah. it's offensive. I agree. Forward. The rules maybe well, definitely not as heavy offensive rules as the NFL. Um, but it does favor the offense, and I think it will be. With those rules, it takes great minds like a Brent Venables, like a Mike Elko, them trying to figure out, you know, they've ha- they have figured it out, how to slow down these high-powered offenses, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and now they're getting the head coaching roles. One th- go ahead and say, say what you were going to say, and then I'll, I had something that's a little bit off topic, but it's kind of along the rules. I was going to say, speaking of NFL football, we're sitting here while we're recording this watching the – Washington football team play Carolina no, Panthers. That's the Washington Commanders. Their logo <laughs> looks like uh, a, one of those Chinese paper cranes. That's what it was it, designed after. It does look Is that right? No, that was right. They, uh, they, uh, that's the Commander paper Careful. paper <laughs> design or whatever. Uh, I know this because remember, I also have another podcast, <laughs> Chinese Water Paint. <laughs> so, so, so that's it how I know that. Those, the the one of those Chinese uh, cherry blossom trees. Yeah, yeah it washes it, all ties sure. in. But I, I, I will in. say this though: first time on the field in the uni- the new uniforms and the new helmet looks pretty sharp. I mean, I think it's a good look. I, I mean, think it's I, a, think I don't. I agree. I don't. I don't not I like their good, uniforms. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a good look. look. I think, that, I think it's a good look. look. Yeah. So, so real quick, just and this is a little off topic, but then I, I let's wanted to not bring do it up. this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, are we done Sorry. with the coaches? No, no, no. So let's get through the coaches, and then we'll because there's one huge Anderson. coaching change that I've yeah, absolutely we still, okay. died to talk about. We've got three more to get to. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So let's put a pin in that. All right. All right. Very bottom line of that notepad there. So before moving over to the SEC, let's look at the independents. You've got the Fighting Irish. We spoke on them earlier. Bring Brian Kelly moves on. Austin, Get out of here. Austin yeah. stood up and cheered immediately. And then, so now they promote from within, bringing, uh, promoting their defensive coordinator, Marcus Freeman, uh, to head coach. Austin, I'm going to let you run with this one because this is your team. Uh, best hire? I don't know. I like him. I mean, I don't know. I, I Are you thinking maybe – you know, we are who we are. We should be getting a bigger name. Is that what you're? I think so. Uh, I think he's a heck of a defense coordinator. So let's see how he opens up the offense. Another side of things. defensive coordinator. Another defense coordinator. Um, but hey, I'm here. I'm here to give him four years. Yeah, and I think I think that's... he's a quality coach. He has done terrific things at Notre Dame. So okay, they made the call. Let's do it. Let's give him three years. Let's see how it goes. Well, I think too that. I th- maybe the trend is starting to go this way, and I really hope it is. 
a young coach, inexperienced coach. Yeah. Let's be patient with him. Dabo Sweeney, patience, paid off for Clemson. Shane Beamer, young first-time head coach of South Carolina. I think it's going to pay off for them if the fans yeah. can be patient. Nope. I think Billy Napier, another young head coach, not a first-year head coach, but he's still a young head yes. coach going into a big-time football program. Let's be patient. Let's not put the pressure on him in year two, year three, expecting national champions. I think that would benefit the Fighting Irish. Yes, big, one of the biggest programs in college football. They always expect to be competing for national championships. But I hope they give Marcus Freeman the time that he needs to learn how to be a head coach and run a big-time program. So here's, here's the issue I have, is, and it's not with what you're saying because I agree with what you're saying. I think history has shown us that is no longer the college football fan. Well, that's why as you stepped out of the room. Oh, did you say as that? As you stepped out of the room, that's literally what I hope the trend is I was going to get going, BLs. Oh, the, the trend is going back the other way because you're seeing so many young head coaches get sure. big-time jobs and first-year head coaches, you know, that's never coached any program, Billy Napier aside. But other, other programs are shown that it works if you are patient with them and right. let them make mistakes and learn from them. And, you know, and I think it, it can maybe not all the time, you know, obviously there's a chance for failure, but I think it can lead to some success. Well, and we've, we've talked about in the past. I mean, being realistic when you talk about a new head coach coming into a program, whether they're a first-year head coach or just a new head coach, in reality, the former coach's program is still going to be in place for a minimum of one to two years, like fully in place. It's not that coach's team until year three. So if you're putting the pressure on them year one and year two to be a contender, to make changes, to make things happen, that's not reality. Yeah. So if you're looking at it like that, no, nobody's going to be up to your standards because they're still coaching on the last coach's program. And I think one thing, and I completely agree with you, but I think one thing that I think maybe some fans may put the pressure on head coaches now to go against that is – hey, you've got the transfer portal. If you're not happy with these guys, let them transfer out and you go get your guys in. And sure. you can do that now with the transfer it's portal. But still, I think – I just think the fans' impatience, being impatient, uh, can maybe ruin, ruin their chance of having a good young head coach there to establish a program uh, for a long time. And, and, I mean, all you can do is hope that it, it goes in yeah. the right direction. Yeah. But Yeah, so, so obviously – Brian Kelly, we spoke on him before. That's going to move us over to our final conference, Power 5, to discuss the coaching changes you've got. Brian Kelly, down to the bayou, taking over the head coaching job at LSU. No more go Tigers. <laughs> it's going to be Brian Kelly. Go Tigers. Brian Kelly at LSU. Obviously, Alston is happy he's no longer in South Bend. Uh, yeah, I certainly am. <laughs> but but now that he's removed, you've been saying that for a now while. Now with the talent pool that he's got already in existence, they, oh, he's going to do well. Yeah, I think he's a good coach. I just yeah. don't think he's. I don't think he's elite. He's forever tarnished for me. Yeah. Because of the years of waste and neglect, and just neglect. Well, that's neglect. a strong word there. Yeah, well, that's what it was. That's what it felt like. So the, that's what it felt like. LSU. He's going to be successful. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's LSU. Well, it's I, LSU. Mean, I don't well, think anybody's going to bomb at LSU the way Ed Ordron did outside those nat that national championship season. Well, Go over here, see that with your sissy-ass yellow shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving over to uh, – we've already talked about him a little bit. Billy Napier coming over from Louisiana. 
uh, the Raging Cajuns, now the head coach at Florida. Listen, I think Dan Mullen Ugh, is, is, <laughs> is one of the greatest minds in college football, but I think it was proven at Florida that outside of that, he does not know how to run a program. It's kind of like a beautiful mind. Yeah, like he, <laughs> he. I mean, there were talks like you know he just, I mean? he didn't even want to talk about recruiting. Didn't even want to talk about it. So, I mean, you're in the state of Florida. Yes, Florida recruits itself, but come on. I mean, all you got to do is recruit. Recruit, recruit a little bit, and you can have more success. But they made, I think, made a great hire yes. in Billy Napier, another young, up-and-coming Talks coach. Talks about him was Talk, talk about him coming to South Carolina. I think we got the, the right choice made. Oh, I think, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think but I think it. he's going to have success, and we'll get into that game later on. But I think if there's a chance for us uh, to to beat Florida in the next couple of years, I mean, I know we did last year. Let's do it again this year. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 so, I, I see him coming in year two, three, four. Strong. Yeah, he's because he's a recruiter. You, that guy, when he I was at Clemson, what, he was recruiting coordinator for a long time. I think you're looking at the late 2020, 2020s, and you're going to see one heck of a state. Uh, With Florida? College football in can Florida. You imagine, can you imagine Mario Cristobal at Miami, Dion at Florida State, and Billy Napier at Florida all recruiting that state? And then you got everybody who's not that elite tip of the top. Yeah. Tip of the top talent. Tip, tip, of, the, tip of the top yeah. talent. Tip of the top talent are going to UCL. I'm pretty sure that's the phrase you did before we started recording, just to make sure tip you had Tip of the top. Now, they're following a UCF, who's not bad. No. And yeah. USF. Well, USF is, is bad. No, well, I, I think you can they're see. They're bad right you know, now. I think you can bad. see former co-offensive coordinator Jeff Scott on the hot seat you, this year. You know, Charlie Strong, my man Charlie Strong. He got a rough shake down there in Tampa. So so I know Addison mentioned earlier, so that wraps up our, our head coach. No, it does not. It doesn't. One of the biggest ones that you have not mentioned. In Power 5? No, not Power 5. Right, that's why I mentioned it. I said we were focused on Power 5. Hawaii. Who does Hawaii have? Hawaii. Timmy Chang. That's right. Was that the uh, – That's him that we grew up with setting pass he's records back? in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Okay. He, Timmy Chang the is great. coming over to head coach Hawaii. He was Colorado State's wide receivers coach last hey, year. Hey, hey. I know all about wide receivers coach having <laughs> success as head coaches. Hey. Two-time national championship. Timmy Chang, buddy. <laughs> when we were, you know, young bucks slanging the college football game on the – PlayStation. On the PlayStation 2. Dude, Hawaii was always a fun two. offense to yes. play with. Oh, yeah. Timmy Chang setting records and everything else. He is going to be in Wasn't it Cole Brandon came right after yeah. him, right? Cole Brandon followed But right Timmy, Timmy Chang, arguably the best player in program history. Yeah. I think Timmy him Chang, going Cole back, Brandon would be number two. Yes. Him, him going back to Hawaii, huge. Huge. Um, I'm excited to see, again, excited to see Hawaii. Maybe that's why they're going to beat the pants off of Andy. Yeah, there we go. One of the yeah. only – Head coaching hires that was not a excites you apparently was not a it does it does that was not a coordinator. Well, no, uh, Texas Tech coach was associate well, he's head coach. One, one, one of the one of the, one, one, one of the. Okay. Right. not the only yeah, one so, of the only. So now that the Hawaii love fest is over, we'll no, go to never we'll, over. We'll, we'll move over here to Addison, who is like the biggest fan of anything, any football inside the state <laughs> anything of Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> anything <laughs> in the ocean. Yeah, so, Addison, so before we move on to our next topic, I know you want to discuss a little bit rules. A rule is a rule question. So it's something that uh, 
I was having a conversation uh, with uh, another high school referee uh, this past week, and uh, I was at a uh, I was at a scrimmage game, high school scrimmage game that I was calling, and <clears throat> half you were of, calling it or reffing it? What are you doing? Reffing it. Okay. Half of the uh, half of the players on one of the two teams, the bigger of the two teams. Uh, were wearing those helmet pads mm-hmm. that you see the NFL teams and the college teams yep. wear during practice. They wore them in the scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested. We had an illegal use of safety equipment. Get that soft. <laughs> so I know we, we had the conversation, and I can, I can definitely see this happening. 15 yards being soft. <laughs> I can see this happening with the rule changes that have been put in place over the past number of years. With that becoming a standard piece of equipment for actual play. Now, and I mean for high school starting off and then potentially moving up, but I think that that's something that, I I don't know, I want to see what your take on it was. The gentleman I was speaking with said the same thing. We both think that it's going that direction, specifically with high school ball, but wanted to see what y'all's thoughts were. Well, well, I have no, I did see that this morning. Actually, I was watching a scrimmage on YouTube, high school football. And I noticed they one of the teams, not the other team, but the other team had the, the padded sure. uh, helmet protector on. I don't remember what it's called. We just watched Hard Knocks. I don't even remember what they called them. There's a name. There's a name for them, but I don't remember what it is. I just call. Them, I call them helmet pads. Yeah. But I know they. I think the biggest, whatever the statistic is or whatever, is focus in on, in the trenches. Mm-hmm. With it is where the main focus was, but I still don't think. I think it's just limiting him to practice concussions. Who knows where technology is going to be with these helmets in 10 years? True. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows with what they're going to be able to do, you know, underneath the hard shell of the helmet. So who, who knows what direction. I don't think it'll be that. I don't think you'll see them playing with that, but I think it's going to be on the scientists to figure out, okay, how can we, put that use, on the this, how can we use this same idea and put it on the inside <coughs> of the helmet? Put that, put that on the poindexters. Let them figure that because out. Because the, the player, now this was an NFL player, on Hard Knocks, stated these things are heavy. So I don't know about you know that becoming a typical, uh, typical uh, uniform during actual competition. All right, so that's going to take us over to our third topic. Uh, we've got our Power Five Conference Champion predictions. Once again, we're going to start out west uh, with the Pack. 12 we're going to start out with addison addison who is your prediction for pac 12 champion so so the way we'll do this is we'll go around give our 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 prediction for conference (laughs) champion and then we'll discuss it we'll open it up for for debate discussion uh and and see where we go with that i've got usc usc i do that's a bad pick okay usc Right there, he's on that. I told you the hype train is left station. Yeah, hype train. Addison's there. on it. I'm on. Addison's on. I'm on. Wait a year or two. <laughs> so Austin, uh, this was a tough choice for me. We don't want to hear any of that. We just want the the team, and then we'll talk about it later. Thank you, sir. Oregon. Okay, thank you. Oregon. Okay, this is going to make interesting discussion because the way I, I'm assuming everyone perceives that conference, you're looking at either USC, Oregon, or Oregon. my pick, Utah, the defending Pac-12 champion. Utah. Yes. So that so the, was the tough choice. Yes. I agree. So, so I think this is great right off the bat here. 
Uh, we may spend the next hour breaking down the Pac-12, which I, I know all of our will. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so all our listeners want to hear. So who's keeping track of this? The, I mean, y'all are on your notes, oh. so, and the fact that the episode's record is recording right now, so that'll be <laughs> the track right there. So, but uh, so so USC for Addison, Oregon for Austin, myself going with the, the defending Pac-12 champion Utah. So. So Addison, Lincoln Riley, first year, uh, I believe, uh, I believe, what, his quarterback comes over from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and is it because of that transfer in for the Trojans? Is it more of the Lincoln Riley aspect? Well, what are, what are you, why, why are you high on the Trojans this year? For me, I think it's the, the Lincoln Riley aspect. I mean, I, I think he's going to come in, he's going to have the ability to, <clears throat> excuse me, He's going to have the ability to get that team back on track. I think he's going to be able to do it quickly. Again, we talked about uh, you're down there in Southern California. You've got the opportunity. That's where you are. To That's bring... where Southern Cal is. That is That's, where Southern Cal is. They are Cal down is. there in, in Southern you California. You've got the opportunity to, get, to reach out and get <laughs> some good players. Wouldn't it be weird if they players. were in Northern California? <laughs> yeah, that would be. Everybody would be confused. I mean, it, but I think, I mean, that's a good, I mean, obviously, Lake and Riley's a good coach. Uh, the question is, you know, the media is going to hype him up. I, I mean, think, they're, they're going to be a top 15 team. Is it warranted? He's going to have to prove that pretty quick. I, I just I think he's going to be able to come in. It's going to be, take, be able to take the existing team and do really good things right off the bat. Uh, I think the team is going to do nothing but get better over the next number of years. Uh, but I, I really believe in his ability to, to make it happen. So that was why I picked. Um, I know, you know, it, it's – both of your picks are good quality picks. I don't think Utah's going to have the same year that they had last year. Um, I think it was uh, – not going to say it was a fluke. That's, that, that's not true. But I don't think it was – I don't think they're going to have the same season. I think that they're going to hit some road bumps, and it's just they're just not going to be able to make it happen. So, uh, so, so a I team like, that so, – I like, I like road bumps. Yeah, road road bumps. Yeah, no, no bumps in the no road. speed bumps. Road no, bumps. No, nothing. Road bumps. <laughs> So, uh, so, a, watch so a school that doesn't have to worry about the road because they're out there in the pond, Oregon Ducks. Hey. Uh, obviously, they're always, always a popular pick out yeah. in the Pac-12. Uh, this year, the Oregon Ducks, new head coach, Dan Lanning, Georgia. I like Dan Lanning coming in. Bring a defensive bring mindset. Bring a defensive yep. mindset to Oregon, who's what? Pass the ball, air it out. Oh, yeah. We're going to beat you 100 to 90. Yeah. So, let's put a defense on the field. Let's see what we can do. Uh, I'm not looking for much out of the Pac-12. Um, yeah. You know, Utah's a good pick. That was my, my second choice that I struggled to say who was going to win this. I went with Oregon just because I think Dan Landy coming in could actually put a defense on the field. Here, here's why uh, USC is going to be good well, in two to three me. years. Excuse I think. Yeah, don't 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 debate just <laughs> yet, Adam. Don't just debate just yet. Hold on so, a so here's my problem with Oregon. Well, what? I can't give you my problem. Here, we'll, we'll circle back around to <laughs> you. So here's my problem with Oregon. First year head coach. First year head coach at USC. And Bo Nix is possibly be the quarterback for Oregon. If you don't know who Bo Nix is, go turn on Auburn football for the last two years, and you'll quickly realize he's not that good of a quarterback. Uh, so, huge question mark around the quarterback position for the Ducks. But really, Utah, my pick, obviously they won the Pac-12 championship last year, blew out Oregon, uh, handled USC. That was a blowout. USC scored some meaningless points late in the fourth quarter. So, and Utah is a consistent 
program under Kyle Whittingham. I think he's there now. He has Utah there now, where Utah and Oregon obviously new head coaches. That's where the question marks come in with that. I think Bo Nix is going to surprise a lot of people in East Bend. What is it? Oregon? Yeah. Eugene. Eugene. <laughs> it's not East Bend. Yeah, it's definitely There's a not. Bend, Oregon. Yeah, so there. I don't know. There's a South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think Bo Nix is going to surprise a lot of people because he's going to have that talent around him on the offense and a defense that actually going to stop somebody. And my, so you're wearing an Oregon Ducks shirt right now, aren't you not? Yeah, it, it is. is not. It is pretty bright. Um, I think the reason why – the opposite First of what you're saying. First off, point at me. Get your finger. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the opposite of what you're saying, where I think that defensive thought, that defensive – what am I – what was I trying to say? A defensive mindset – that's going to be coming in, I think, yes, in the long run does help Oregon become better. But I think in the immediate, I think there's going to be too much of a competition of this is the new style, this is the old style. We were always offense, offense, offense. Now, hey, we need to focus on defense. I think that's going to get into the locker room. It's going to make things muddy. And that's why they're not going to be a contender to win the Pac-12. So you're saying Dan Landing is bad for Oregon's locker room? For year to... year one, yeah. well, I, I, I think I think I understand. Dan Lanning is tearing Oregon apart <laughs> yeah, yeah. already. From already had even started the season, and Dan Lanning is the bad inside. for the program. Uh, you understand what I understand what Ash is saying, though, because in my mind, USC has the talent on offense to win now, and mm-hmm. that's Lincoln. What that's Lincoln Riley's specialty is the offensive right? side of the ball. Been a head coach, led Oklahoma big time program to college football playoff uh, appearances. Dan Lanning, first time head coach bringing a new mindset to Oregon, which is defensive-minded football. So I think it may, it may take a little bit longer for, for Dan Lanning to establish that. But in, interesting there, right off the bat, Pac-12, three different picks uh, right off the bat. So now let's go over to the Big 12. Uh, the Big 12 champion will be Addison. Ohio State. They don't play in the Big 12. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sorry, I thought you said Big Ten, my bad. Oklahoma. Did you? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So, buying Brent Venables in year one. I am, absolutely. Sooners Oklahoma. winning the Big 12 championship. Austin, who do you Boomer have? Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. Awesome. Wow, two picks mm-hmm. uh, for Oklahoma. A lot of question marks around it. First-year head coach Brent Venables, what can he do? I'm going with the Baylor Bears. I think uh, – I think <clears> – <throat> Oklahoma. Well, there's got to be some kind of controversy that's going to come up again for Baylor. Not, not right? now. Not now. Not in this, this program. But, you know, you've got, you've got Oklahoma first-year head coach Brent Venables. Texas, they're back every year. They haven't Aren't shown they? up. They, yeah, they haven't shown up since I've heard that uh, remark. They basically haven't shown up since Colt McCoy knocked out in the national championship game against Alabama. I have wasted <laughs> so many picks and money on Texas. Yeah, so <laughs> It hurts my heart. So I'll let y'all both have the floor here, both in agreement for Oklahoma. Addison, what is one main point for you why you went the Sooners, and then Austin maybe another, another factor in you going with the Sooners? Quarterback transfer uh, from UCF, uh, Dylan Gabriel, mm-hmm. I think. Going to be a massive pickup. So you for think them. that's going to help them immediately? I think it off helps the them immediately. Answers the question marks of not having the two quarterbacks. Right. They had Which was year. your your big question mark for Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do at the quarterback position? I think him coming in from UCF. I think that's a huge pickup. I think it gives you an automatic person to go in that position. Is going to be able to take a leading role, be able to do quality things. 
Obviously, first-year head coach, we all feel very strongly about his ability to do that. Uh, but I think they're going to have that quarterback position, which is a key component to making sure <clears throat> you're able to score points, obviously. But I think that bringing in Dylan Gabriel from UCF is going to be the key for them to be able to make that championship run. I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. go. So what's another reason maybe that you've got for Oklahoma uh, getting the Big 12 championship? Well, uh, same thing as uh, Oregon. Strong, heck of a D.C. coming in to strengthen a defense. Obviously, Oklahoma had a better defense than Oregon has. But I like Brent Venables. I also think he's humble enough to let his O.C. take reins and and continue to perform at Oklahoma. Which is a huge key because having a head coach that – is humble enough to allow your coordinators to do their job is absolutely key to being able to be successful. So he's going to be able to focus on defense, do his thing on that side, and let his offensive coordinator do what he does and what he was paid to do. So I agree with you 100% on that. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of Oklahoma. I'm a fan of Brent Venables, so that would be cool to see him have success in year one. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening for him in year one because even though Oklahoma was getting better on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they weren't elite, and it cost them in college football playoff games. And I think it's going to take a little while for Brent Venables to establish that. Gabriel is a nice piece there at quarterback, but I don't know if he's a an elite quarterback. That he's no Spencer Yeah, he can't maintain <laughs> the success that Oklahoma's had at that position for years, going back to the 90s uh, with the quarterback uh, play that they've had out there in Oklahoma. I'm going with the Baylor Bears. I already mentioned it. Yeah, I've already said that. (laughs) Baylor Bears, uh, champion last year. Now, this year, I like the fact that they get Oklahoma State at home. Oklahoma State's always a competitive team out there in the Big 12, made the Big 12 championship game last year. And then, yes, they go on the road to Texas. I'll believe – in Texas when I see it on the field, and I still do not believe they're anywhere close to being what the media continues to hype them up to be. And then they go on the road to Oklahoma, biggest test of the season, uh, but still I like that established head coach they got there at Baylor. Uh, Brent Venables in year one, I give the edge to Baylor. So I like them to repeat as the Big 12 champions. I don't I – don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see Texas beat Baylor just because it's Texas and they do something stupid crazy mm-hmm. every year and then fall apart mm-hmm. is and, and just okay so now it's sad. so I now yeah so even though we already know what Addison's pick is for the Big 10 yeah I'm sorry we'll about move that. we'll move right over to the Big 10 Addison I believe you've already stated you're going with the Buckeyes I Ohio am. State Ohio State uh, Austin yes Ohio State as well uh, I will also go with Ohio State yeah now, obviously, you've got the Michigan factor. They knocked off Ohio State last year. You've got the revenge there for Ohio State in that game. Michigan won the Big Ten champion. None of us here are picking Michigan. You've got C.J. Stroud, at quarterback, probably at least the second-best quarterback in college football going into the season. Uh, high-powered offense is always under Ryan Day. I mean, any other team maybe that you think could, could sneak up and compete with the Buckeyes this year? I think it, it's going to come down to the Michigan-Ohio State game this year again. Mm-hmm. I think that if Michigan's able to beat Ohio State, I think they win the conference. 
Um, I don't think they will. I think Ohio State will come back and with a chip on their shoulder, they'll get that win and they'll win the conference. But if Michigan's able to knock them off, I think they are pretty much yeah, they'll, they'll they're going to yeah, take so it. So you think it's going to come down to Ohio State is better than they were last year, and they were pretty damn good last year. Yeah, yeah, they were a good football team last year. I mean, I just think Jim Harbaugh finally got Michigan. I still don't think they have the complete talent that Ohio State has. No. But I think they were close enough to obviously beat them. Um, I mean, watch out for – I, I see – to interrupt you and to get off of Ohio State, I see Jim Harbaugh being Brian Kelly of Michigan. Yeah, I mean, he very well could be. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with that. I, as a Michigan fan – I would love for them to move on from Jim Harbaugh. Now, as a Michigan fan, this is maybe shocking that I would say this, but how about Mel Tucker with Sparty, with with Sparty up there with Michigan State? Uh, are they on the same talent level as Ohio State? No. no. But by them giving Mel Tucker a 10-year contract, they are showing that they are investing yeah. into that football program. Mel Tucker, a great recruiter. Uh, has have has had some success early with Michigan State. Maybe a surprise team there with him and Sparty. Maybe giving Ohio State a game, but I still don't see it. I don't think any of us sees it. We think Ohio State's going to pretty much take the Big Ten this year. Take yeah. the cake. Yeah. So now that's going to move us over to the ACC. Uh, Clemson not winning the ACC last season. And that went to the Pitt Panthers. Uh, Pitt Panthers replacing their quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Uh, so is there – is now the ACC a big unknown? Or will Clemson come back and take that crown back? A lot of hype around NC State this year. A lot of hype around Miami. People thinking Mario Cristobal can win in year one. Addison, who do you have taking home the ACC crown in 2022? Um – this one was it, – it wasn't an easy pick, which I thought it was going to be going in. Um, I did pick Clemson. I did pick Clemson, but it wasn't a hands-down right off the bat pick. It, it, like it would have been in the past. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So, so last absolutely. season gave you some question sure. uh, going but into no, this But no, but I did pick Clemson. Okay, so Austin, you're ACC champion. I'm going with year one, coach one. Year one, coach one, Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. So he's, he's, he's on Miami. that Miami – Hype train. I see a lot of success for a lot of year one coaches. <laughs> well, there's a lot of good coaches. There's a lot, a lot of good lot schools. Of good, there's a lot, a lot of, of great, great opportunities yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I like the Miami pick. I think Mario Cristobal is definitely going to get them maybe not back to where they were. Who knows? But he's definitely a respectable head coach who's going to get some consistency in that program. And then obviously one of the best financial – athletic directors in college football is yes. Dan Radakovich. So I think Miami's investing in the football program. Can they do it in year one? I still like the Tigers to bounce back this year. Clemson getting that ACC crown back uh, without going too in depth like we're going to talk about, you know, Clemson a little bit later here. I, don't, I think people are underestimating just how good this Clemson defense is going to be this year. What Brent Venables was building uh, – in recruiting the last five years, four or five years, it's here now. This year is here. This this could potentially compete with being the number one defense in college football. And I think the media, the national perception is, oh, we've lost Brent Venables. That doesn't mean the talent went with them. They didn't leave. Sure, They're still sure. there. And I think they're underestimating just how good that defense is. So I like Clemson to, to get that ACC crown back. 
Addison does as well. Austin, Miami, Clemson matchup. What gives you the edge for Miami over Clemson? Well, are we going to talk about that now? Or do we want no, to wait well, I mean, get in the... the mind of picking Miami over Clemson in the ACC. In the ACC as a whole, yeah. not specifically. Yeah, matching those two up, sure. why do you think Miami's going to have the edge? Because like Addison brought up, they played during the regular season, and then you've got a matchup potentially in the ACC Conference Championship game. I, I don't know. Honestly, You're just buying I, the Mario just, Cristobal. I'm just buying in. Looking at last season. That's an Addison answer yeah. right there. Buddy. I don't know. If you know, no, no, no. If you know Austin, he tends to buy in. I do. Hard I'm knocks every in. year. I'm he buys in. in. Yeah, if I got in. a gut feeling on it, I go with it. Yeah. Uh, I think Clemson's going to struggle again on offense. Defense, again, they have an excellent defense. I agree with that. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just buying the hype in Miami. I mean, and I mean, I really and they got a, I can't, is it Van Horn? I think Van Horn. Their start quarterback, maybe the best in the ACC. So he's got talent to work with there. It's can he put it all together in year one? That will be the biggest question. And the Coastal, as we know, has had a different division champion the last seven yeah. years. So the Coastal is wide open. Right. I mean, no doubt, no doubt about that, especially with Pitt losing uh, Kenny the, the, the The one strong – I won't say one strong thing. One of the major strong things SCS Clemson is promoting D.C. in-house – Wes Goodwin. Yeah. Right. And unknown. Who knows what he's doing under Brent Venables mm -hmm. as opposed to bringing somebody else in, right? Yeah. yeah. Brent Venables built this. He mentored uh, Wes, and now he can come in, or not come in, he can take over that role. Yeah. 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 So I think that's a, that's a smart move mm -hmm. uh, from Devo. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you, and I'll get in a little bit more with the yeah, Wes Goodwin topic a little bit later. Uh, so that takes us over to the SEC. And Addison, once again, we're going to start with you. Your champion there in the SEC in 2022, Alabama. Alabama, right off the top, Alabama. Surprise there, Austin. Your shot, your jaw dropped when you picked Alabama. What you, what it did think? not. <laughs> it did not. This is another thing. Alabama and Georgia. I just got a feeling Alabama's coming back. Well, I mean, according to Nick Saban, last year was a rebuilding year. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, right. So. Alabama loses uh, to. A&M. A&M, and then loses to Georgia in the playoffs, right? A two-loss season for Nick Saban? Unheard of. Unheard of. Unheard of. <laughs> I see Bama bouncing back. Georgia, there's a lot of questions about their quarterback. Yeah. There's a lot of questions yeah. about Stetson. There's a uh, – hey, all those first-rounders left on defense – uh, spotlights now on you, Spencer Bennett. Yeah. I mean, can you carry this Stetson team? Bennett. Stetson Bennett. See, I don't even know his yeah. name. <laughs> they, yeah. they, uh, I mean, still talent around him, yeah. but you're exactly right with that Georgia <laughs> pick, uh, that Georgia whatever uh, comment. But so Alabama. Okay, is yeah, it, is it, Alabama. yeah, Alabama. Yeah. So I agree. I think Alabama, best quarterback in college football this year with yeah. Bryce Young. Somehow, some way. Wide receivers will be running wide open down the field. I don't know they how always they do it. Are. They, they always, always are. are. I know they've got some speedy receivers. I don't know if the defenses in the SEC are overhyped, but these guys are wide open every weekend. And how interesting is the Texas A&M-Alabama game going to be this season <laughs> with all the drama that happened with Jimbo and Nick in the offseason? A&M defeated them last year. You know, that's probably going to be their toughest competition in the West this year. I mean, that is going to be a big – go ahead and book it now. 
if, Alabama A&M college game day. If Alabama gets a chance, do not expect Saban to take his no, foot off the No, he, no. He will steal. He scored as he many points for that score. Yeah. It's not my problem. It's your, it's your defensive <laughs> job to stop us. Yeah, maybe, maybe buy another defense to go out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think my, so my biggest, the biggest reason with taking Alabama over Georgia, same thing you said, was too many starters. Too many yeah, starters from Georgia are gone. And it's just not, you know, they can't hang with them. They, they, they lost a lot. I, I agree with you. And I think maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. I think the East is a little more open than what people think. I think it's a little more open uh, because <laughs> I think it had to be the stars aligning for Georgia to get that national champion with the talent that they had in place at one time. And with a quarterback, we'll with a quarterback like is it Spencer or Stetson? Which one Stetson. is it? Stetson, Stetson Bennett. With a quarterback like Stetson Bennett, I mean he he basically like, dude, do not screw it up. I mean, don't mess this There's up. There's a video of last season, whatever. It was Stetson Bennett. It was the other starter that they had got hurt, and then the camera turns to the sideline of the backup getting ready, and he throws the ball, and it totally misses the wide receiver and hits a water boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah, bad, you know. yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, Stetson Bennett is not elite. No, he's not even in the conversation of below elite. He's he's an average college quarterback that needs help, and he got <laughs> help. <laughs> I mean, he's he, a he, you know, what was it? He, Nick, you know who Nick he is? Foles? You know who he is? Nick Foles. Whenever Carson Wentz gets hurt, and Nick Foles comes in and wins the Super Bowl. You know who he is? Trent Dilfer. He's Trent Dilfer at the college level. That's exactly what he is. Hey, you better watch out. I saw videos of Trent Dilfer doing the high school boys. Watch out, dude. All right, so that wraps it up. So some good debate there with some of the conferences. We all in agree. We're all in agreement with Alabama and Ohio State winning their respective conferences. Yeah. That takes us over to Addison's favorite topic, the Group of Five. Woohoo! Group of Five. So what we're going to do here with the Group of Five, just one team. That your that your is your group of five team to watch this year that maybe could sneak into the college football playoff, or at least the team you need to pay attention to throughout the season. Who is it, Addison? Addison, who you I got think you know who it is. Who is it? You know, should I go last? No, let's okay. go ahead and get George Obviously, <laughs> obviously, mine's Coastal Carolina University. Mm-hmm. Um, you threw the university in on that one. I did. Uh, so. Just so y'all know, a giant squirrel has leaped up beside the window. And uh, I'm worried about him. This one. He's just eating. He's just eating. This podcast studio. Just yeah, this kidding. podcast studio. Got yeah, a nice uh, nature out here in front of you. We just nature. get a little bird snack, you know? Why can't squirrels eat the bird feed? All right. Anyway. Anyway, so Coastal, Coastal Carolina. Carolina Austin, University. who is your pick? Oh, are we just, <laughs> we're just doing the straight pick? Is that what? No, go ahead and break it down for us. So uh, let's take a ahead. picture of that and put it on Twitter so everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we'll get our intern, interns here. So, so right off the bat, uh, Grayson McCall coming back, quarterback. One of, and statistically wise, statistic wise, one of the best quarterbacks in college football. When you look at his competition, obviously his statistics are going to show that. However, I will say he is top tier. I think he's going to go first round. He's a sophomore, right? No, he's a junior. Junior. Are you sure? Yeah. So you're calling it Grayson McCall first round first pick round in the NFL. Pick. First round pick. Not saying he's going to go high first round. I'm saying he's going to go You're still first saying round. first round pick. I'm first saying first round, round pick. That's, that's pretty I'm saying first round pretty pick. bold prediction there. Um, 
Sam Pinckney transferring from Georgia State is going to be a huge pickup. Uh, you've what got position does Sam Pinckney play? Wide receiver. Okay. Uh, Brandon Bennett uh, is going to be taking over running back duties. That's Stetson Bennett's brother. That it sure is. <laughs> um, he was the leading receiver on the team last year. He's going to be taking over running back duties this coming year. Um, Coastal has had a, a long history of having running backs who are very good at receiving the ball. They love to send out running backs on receiving routes. It's a big thing Coastal's always done. It's been successful for them. Um, I think that uh, it's just honestly it's a it's going to be a good year. Uh, Josiah Stewart coming back, uh, top five in the nation in sacks this last year. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, and then two uh, linebacker transfers, one from University of South Carolina, one from Furman. Um, both of them, I think, are going to be huge pickups for the defense. Uh, Coastal Who's did the lose South a South Carolina transfer. Uh, Jamar, Jamar Brown. Brown. Hmm. Um, two big pickups on defense. Uh, lost a number of starters on defense from last year. A number of people got picked up um, on both sides of the ball. But I think Coastal is going to make another run. Um, obviously, uh, you know the two biggest games of the year are going to be uh, Army Week One and then Virginia towards the end of the season. Um, you can pick up both of those wins. I think you set yourself up to be in the conversation, at least, to be able to be uh, part of that playoff. Yeah. Th those, two, those two games allow for you, if you win those, for national rounds. Sure. If you go undefeated and specifically winning those two games, you get to be in the conversation. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Austin got Coastal Carolina – with Addison. We all saw that one coming. Austin, who is your group of five team to watch in 2022? So I like Houston. So as I said, Cincinnati, I, Cincinnati, I don't think is going to be on the same level they were. And they beat Houston, I think, by 13 or 14 last season in the title game. Uh, I like Houston. They're bringing back, I think, nine starters on offense, including uh, quarterback Tune and the running back. Uh, defense, they're bringing back 10 starters. And they picked up a number of guys to transfer a portal. Now, I was not looking into Houston like I was Carolina, so I can't sit here and spout off their names, but I know they had a decent income and transfer, specifically uh, on the defense side of the ball. Uh, Houston's going to be ranked probably top 15 whenever the – I think the polls come out Monday, right? Yeah, AP polls. Yeah, yeah AP Coaches, polls. they were number 25, I believe. That's right. But who cares about the coaches? Yeah. Players? I mean, that's, that's why so, we're not even mentioning rankings. Yeah. Uh, I see Houston taking the place that you saw Cincinnati as last year. Mm -hmm. Do they step up and make it to the playoffs? I don't think so. But I think At the end that's, of the day, you think you know, it's going to be done. I think that's the team to watch. That's my team to watch. Okay. Well, so. Fair enough. So, fun, fun so, exciting football, too. It's, and I love Coastal watching Coastal play as well. Yeah. So, so I'm in agreement with you. My group of five team to is watch Coastal? is Houston. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is Houston. Uh, they've got one thing I always look for with these group of five. Addison, you brought up Coastal with the Virginia game. That's a power five win. That would be their only one on the board. Right. Houston's got two opportunities. Yep. Now, do you consider Kansas a power five team? Debatable. But they're in a power five, conference. power five conference. They're in a power five conference, so that qualifies. Well, we had that same conversation with Coastal beat them a couple of years ago. And then we've got – and then we've got uh, Texas Tech is also on Tech Houston's Tech. schedule. So I think right now 
Those are winnable games for Houston, Definitely especially Kansas. Right. Now, Houston lost to Texas Tech last year early in the year, but I think they can bounce back with Texas Tech. We mentioned earlier, first-year head coach. I think Houston can get two Power 5 wins. Their only two losses last year, Austin, you mentioned it, they lost to Cincinnati in the ACC title game, and they lost to Texas Tech early in the year, like I just mentioned. But they defeated SEC uh, representative the Auburn Tigers in the bowl game, 17-13, to 13, showed a little defense uh, for Houston, being no more of for the offensive side of the ball, uh, but then showed some defense. Obviously, Bo Nix, Auburn quarterback. I don't even know if he played in that game, but, I mean, they only scored Probably 13 points. It didn't matter if he did. But I like Houston's schedule. I like how it lays out. And yep. then if Cincinnati is somewhat close to what they were last year, that's going to be a highly ranked group of five teams that you've got a chance to that's beat in your conference championship. Houston yep. after yep. They yep. So if Houston sure. can knock off Texas Tech, and Kansas, then Cincinnati, and they're sitting there undefeated. Hey, you've got three really nice wins on your schedule that could elevate them into the Kasha Ball playoff and discussion. Given that situation, Coastal goes undefeated, Houston goes undefeated, Houston gets in over Coastal. Sure. I'll admit, yeah, yeah, just because, yeah. I don't think necessarily they're going to be able to go undefeated, which I think is going to be the difference. I think they're going to have a loss on the record. I don't think Coastal will. I think that's what the change, that's what the difference is. And Notre Dame gets in with a blood loss. Yeah, so yeah, obviously, obviously, yeah, anytime you're trying to debate a group of five team getting in, I mean, you've got to have perfect case scenario. I mean, right. the stars got, have to align for a perfect. group of five but team to get in. I do love, I love for college football when the conversation is like it was this past season. Cincinnati gets in, but towards the end of the season, there's a number of power, a number of non-power five teams that are in that conversation. So, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of giving some hand gestures here that y'all don't understand what they mean. Yeah, hey, I don't know what's so, going so on. The way, so the way I had this episode broke I was going down, to say, talked, you know how you fix that? We get how to fix that's college a, football That's exactly right. So, so because of Addison's strong case there, yep. I think we're going to skip the uh, – Not skip, moment, come back. Come back to the Clemson-South Carolina schedule yeah, breakdown. We're sure. going to go right into the college football playoff format. Addison how set us up perfectly. that? And, right. and do you fix it? I mean, yes, you have that argument. Yes, you do. And have the argument. So what we're going to do is we're each going to give what we feel like in the current state of college football, not this down the road three years where you've got not super conference, not super conference situations, current state of college football. What do you think is the best college football playoff format, Addison? Because you perfectly led us into this this topic, we're going to let you go first. Absolutely. Uh, what do you feel like the best college football playoff format would be for the current state of the sport? Um, so I, I'd like to see the most teams get an opportunity. I think a 68 teams, here we go. A 16-team six, a playoff wow. to me is reasonable. It's reasonable. Beyond that, you got too much, it's too much. Uh, I think eight is eight's not a bad number, which I'm sure one of or both of you are going to bring up. Um, 16 to me is the perfect number because you've got Austin's eating peanuts and staring at me, and he's really freaking me out. I just want to <laughs> throw that out there. A uh, 16 team playoff. I think he's bragging to the squirrel over here at the window. Yeah. Like, Look what I got. <laughs> I didn't have to jump and climb. <laughs> so a 16 team playoff, I think, is perfect. It sets you up for four weeks. Is Austin not in this podcast no, anymore? I'm Addison, has turned, Addison has turned in his chair and is looking directly at me. Will not break eye contact. <laughs> it's, 
it sets you up for four weeks of playoffs. So you start out with 16 teams. Four weeks you, playoffs. Yeah, go continue. Oh, okay. Continue. You were just, I, I thought I you had just, something else he's to just, say. He's just I'm processing. No, yeah. I, I like this. I like the idea of every one of your Power Five conference champions. Automatic bid. So you like you the automatic, automatic bid, bid with the, the Power I'm down five. for an automatic bid. After that, you go by power of schedule and what your overall record was. Now, question, two questions, I think, to me, especially now you've opened up to 16 teams. I think two questions have to be asked. Number of games these college yeah. athletes are now playing. Do you reduce the regular season schedule? Do you start the season earlier? How do you handle that amount of games? Sure. And I, two, I mean, two, as a college football fan, I want to play year-round. Yeah, so but two, that's just me. So, two – I forgot what my second question was. <laughs> two, with the automatic bids to the, to the Power Five conference champions, are you still going to use the college football playoff ranking system – 12 guys in a room, 12 ladies, gentlemen in a room, people deciding on who's making what kind of college football playoff ranking we're going to have. Is that what your selection would be after the five automatic bids, would be using those rankings? I think that you still use some type of ranking system. Now, it would have to be tweaked, obviously, um, because, well, basically I think you, you rank everybody, so going into it, but – when you go to do the bids, you may have somebody who's not ranked in the top 16 that still wins your Power 5 conference. Odds of that happening, not tremendous, but it's there. It can't happen. Yeah. Can't happen. So I think I still think, look, you you're in a Power yes, 5 you do conference. <laughs> I think, hey, look, Power 5 conferences have to have automatic bids if you're going to expand it. Like well, yeah, it's not going to work because the Power 5 control the exactly. control. So you've got to have an automatic bid. Yeah. But you open it up. You go by power of schedule. You go by, you know, win-loss numbers. And by doing that, you give the opportunity not only for your non-Power 5 conference teams to have an opportunity to get in there, but if you've got two teams like we've had in the past number of years where Georgia and Alabama both end up in the playoffs and they were in the SEC championship and everybody's up in arms, well, they lost the championship. Why did they get in over somebody else who won a conference championship? You no longer have that problem. So yeah. everybody who wins a conference championship gets in, but you also have the opportunity for that second team. If the only loss they had on the season was their conference championship, of course they deserve to be in the playoffs. Why wouldn't they deserve to be in the playoffs? If the team they lost to gets to be, or the team they lost to gets to be in it, and that's the only loss they had, absolutely. So a 16-team playoff structure, I think, makes sense. Uh, as for the length of schedule, obviously it's for smarter come people up. to figure out. It's it's well, <laughs> obviously it's going to come up. I don't think that it's necessary to have the length of regular season schedule that we have right now. I don't see any reason why you can't pull it back by two games or three games so that that team that does make it all the way to the championship is still only playing that, well, fair enough. Uh, money is a, is a conversation. The, but, I mean, these teams that don't make the playoffs, that's home games, they're missing out on money. Yeah, it, here's another thing, though. We're paying these kids to play now. That's true. Well, in a sense, yes. In, in a, a sense, In yes. a sense, yes. So, so I think 16 teams, let's, I'm going to get it, I mean, whatever you want to say, get so it simplified. No, no, I'm going to go over to you. I just want to say this about the 16-team. We all love college football. Yes. We are not going to argue with a 16-team 
college everybody football Everybody would love to see it. Everybody would love to see it. Because Maybe not. As much as I love college football and everybody says, well, every game counts. Yes, every game counts. But what is the most exciting tournament in all of sports? It's March Madness. That's right. Cannot argue with it. And they've got 68 teams out of 300 schools. So in this case, you're only doing 16 teams out of 120 schools. Austin, call 911 because your brother may be choking to death. <laughs> but anyways, so but you also have to take into account you're going to have to cut back on the schedules. Sure. There's no way you're playing that many games. I mean, that's is Basketball that a that's, are different. Yeah, those are different right. animals. So then you're you're asking teams to give up financial benefits of having home games so and, and to getting be fair, that money. To be fair, you can still structure, in my opinion, this 16-team system. You only have to lose two regular season games. Uh, maybe you get rid of a bye week, so now you're losing one regular season game, and. If you are one of the teams that makes it to the 16-team playoff, so if you win the national championship, you have two additional games, right? You've got a semi, semi-final, and then you've got a final. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So you're getting two additional games. If you made a bowl, you made one additional game. So I still think you have the bowl system in place, so other teams that don't make the 16-team can make it to a bowl. Um, you expand that. But your 16-team playoff system, you don't have them be bowl games and be in specific locations until you get down to four teams. So first round being... So your first and second round are both higher seed gets a home game. So you still, if you are that team, so I've taken away my bye week and I've taken away one regular season game that let's say it was a home game. If I do well and make it to the playoffs... I now have potential to have two additional home games. So you actually have increased your chances of home revenue from ticket sales because you've got one and one canceling each other out, and then you're getting rid of your bye week. So now you, have, you potentially, if you were the higher seed, have a home game on what that bye week would have been where you weren't bringing in any money. So, so it does not shock me because what I'm hearing, and I don't know it exactly right, and then we'll get over to Austin. Addison wants the FCS format. Right. That's that. He wants to reduce regular season. I believe the FCS only plays 11 games. I believe that's correct. The higher seed gets to host their first two playoff games, and then they go into the, the championship round. So mm-hmm. that's he wants the FCS format, which has worked for them for who knows how it's long. It's worked well, and I think yeah. it's the teams still, again, the issue of having your home games and making the money because – Let's face it, football is what makes universities money, on top of tuition being way too expensive. <laughs> football makes universities money, so we don't want to – if you take that away, then it's going to make everything worse, right? Yeah. But, no, the system in the FCS has worked very, very well, and you have such a larger group of teams that have the ability to make a run. You talk about Houston, you talk about Coastal Carolina, you talk about Cincinnati. There it is. Three – there it is. Nice. You talk about three teams that, <laughs> hey, if Cincinnati or Houston gets hot at the end of the season and they have the potential where they could play Alabama, maybe you get Alabama on a bad day and you're able to squeak out a win, there's a chance for you to actually make a run for it if you're hot at the end of the season. I think it makes more sense. It, it opens up the competition, whereas right now you've got your perennial teams that are going to be in the playoffs. There's a handful of teams 
that you can say, there's probably, a, I would say, five teams that you can say 100% at least one, maybe up to four of them, are going to be in the playoffs every single year. And we talked about last week, or the week before, when we have the, the idea of the Super League or the Super Conferences. Um, this still gives everybody the opportunity to be able to get in there, and you don't have the issues with recruiting that you would have if that happens. Because now, even if you're not in one of those conferences, you have an op- excuse me, you have an opportunity to make a run for the playoffs. Yeah, and I think if you go to super conferences like you, you mentioned, the playoff format will be different. Whenever it's they go have to super, to be co- yeah, it's going to yeah. be different. So Austin, so we've heard Austin's, we've heard Addison's argument for the 16-team college football playoff. What say you? Uh, so very similar, except I think 12 team is the way to go. 12 teams, interesting yeah. number. Yeah, 12 in, in the first, you know, if we're doing this this year. Hey, let's go 12. Uh, your top six conferences, which would be Power 5 plus one other, right? How do you determine that other one? Not quite sure. Maybe uh, collectively. Well, the, if you're talking about this year, that would be the American Athletic. <coughs> you're talking about the year after that, who knows? Right. So your top six uh, get automatic, right? And then you get six at-large bids. Uh, you do four conference champions get a buy. So your number, you know, it's ranked like we talked about. Who's what kind of ranking system? We'll leave it with the group Country of guys, and guys, guys yeah. and gals in a room, right? Top four get a buy. Five through eight host nine through twelve. So again, just like we just talked about, that first round is actually a home game for those teams, right? Then you can get into having your Cotton Bowl, your Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. whatever, in your semifinals afterwards. Uh, but I think that's the way to go. Twelve teams. I don't think you're going to get after you get outside. You add, you add eight more teams. I don't think there's going to be a lot of a lot of talk as as far as oh this was unfair. Yeah, sixteen again. Let's see, sixty-eight teams, absolutely. But I think right now you go twelve. Uh, you don't reseed them either. Right, you don't reseed after just like college football playoffs. Right now, one through four, it goes through. You would same rankings. You don't reseed them after it gets done. I think that's the way to go. I like that. The twelve teams kind of threw me for a loop because I don't know if I've heard a twelve team being pushed as as an option, um, not a popular option, anyways. But that's that's an interesting. Jim Jimbo Fisher's when they asked him about the expansion, he said. 12 at minimum, I'd love to see 16. Mm-hmm. But 12 I like the 12 because you're giving the first four, your top four, get a, get a buy. Yeah. Yeah. You're like rewarded it. for being in the top four. Yeah. Well, just yeah. Uh, yeah, so, makes so, sense. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, more college football is great. Uh, but I look at it. So, for me, right now, with the current structure of college football, I think I would prefer the eight-team format. I like the eight-team format. I like how we're 16, 12, 18. Eight, yeah. Yeah, we're going less around the room. But I think you get your Power Five Conference champions automatic bids. If you want to argue with that, pay attention to college basketball. There is no Power Five in college basketball, and your conference tournament champions get automatic bids. So what's the tournament in college football? The conference championship game. Mm -hmm. So I think the Power Five gets the automatic bids. You have three at-large teams, and in this scenario, the highest-ranked group of five team earns an automatic bid 
if they're in the top eight. So if a if a because you may have the scenario like Addison mentioned earlier where you may have a power five team that's outside that top eight. So if a group of five is where a power five conference champion fails to be, to me that automatic bet. They should automatically get into the eight team playoff format. Then obviously that leads you. So you have three at large, but depending upon what the highest group of five team does, maybe only two at large in any given season. And then I also like the popular topic of the first round being at home. I just yeah. think that simplifies it. And I mm-hmm. also like, you know, how are you going to structure the scheduling in? I like the fact of maybe after the conference championship games, give them a week off. And then the following Saturday, you play those home first-round mm-hmm. games. You've got the Christmas break. You play the final two rounds of the college football playoff. I think right now there's like a 10-day break in between the first round and then the championship game. Get rid of the 10-day break. Just do it like a normal yeah. you know, week-to-week schedule. Um, and I also requirement that all conferences, all conferences, even group of fives, <clears throat> go to a nine – game conference schedule so right now you've got some conferences playing eight some conferences are playing nine to me that doesn't make any sense as a national perspective when you're trying to judge scheduling because you've got one team that's playing nine power five schools and another team playing only eight power five schools and i think that's more entertainment for the fan because that's one more conference game they get to see instead of playing you know, Clemson playing Louisiana Tech this year. You know, I, sure. I like the idea of keeping the FCS game in place. And, you know, because of the money, it helps out those schools. Um, but I don't care about going out and playing a group of five school. I, I, I don't care. Uh, I would rather see another power five opponent. And in Clemson's case, you go back to 11, you keep the South Carolina game on, on the schedule, and then you <clears> – <throat> schedule an FCS school or don't schedule an FCS school. Go out and schedule someone else. Um, but the eight-team format with that structure, uh, I think, is what is what I would like to see the next step be. I think regardless, I mean, it, it has to expand in order for it to continue to be relevant. I think that right now, uh, just, I mean, the way it's set up, it's just, it's not realistic. Because you don't even have the conference champions of your top five power conferences all being able to make the playoffs. Doesn't make sense. It yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yep. Yep. And so, so I think, uh, so I think all interesting arguments, and I think they're all legit formats. I don't see an issue with them. Obviously, sixteen team, you got to worry about scheduling. Sure. That's a lot of games. Twelve, twelve teams. That's a, that's one that for myself. I haven't heard, but it's an interesting format. And then the eighteen one, which I feel like maybe it's not the perfect format, but I feel like that's the next Attainable. step. That, that yeah. that's the one that they'll they'll attempt next. Uh, so next off, that that wraps up the college ball format, college ball playoff format uh, topic. Now we're going to get into the Clemson, South Carolina Gamecocks football schedules. Now what we're going to do here, obviously we're going to have a little discussion about the teams, our thoughts on the teams as we go through these games. Uh, Austin, I'm going to ask you to keep track of the win-loss uh, for everyone. You know, I've got mine written down, of course, but try to keep track of what everybody's prediction. I, I have mine written down as well. Okay, that's perfect. You know uh, why? Because I prepared. There you go. Addison's prepared. And like I said, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the team. Obviously, we're from South Carolina. 
Clemson fans, Addison and myself, Clemson fan, Addison also a Coastal Carolina fan, Austin being uh, the Gamecock representative here. So we're going to get started. Game by game, win-loss. We're not doing scores or anything like Just that. Just pure win-loss. Just pure, pure win-loss. We'll go by game by game, make it a little more interesting instead of everybody just running through their games and then losing track of who did what. So we're going to go around the board here. We're going to start with the same pattern we've been going. Addison will roll out first, and then we'll go Austin and then myself. We'll do the week, so Clemson and South Carolina in the same week. Addison, you're first up. We're going to go opening weekend of college football. You've got Clemson, uh, technically a road game, but not really. It's in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Hot uh, taking on Georgia Tech, and then you've got the Gamecocks also taking on a school out of Georgia. You've got Georgia State taking uh, versus the Gamecocks. So week one, what's your win-loss predictions for those two games? Uh, Georgia Tech, I think that's a win for Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be able to make that happen. Uh, you go over to South Carolina, the Georgia State game, I think it's going to be a lot closer than South Carolina fans are comfortable with. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I do think they end up pulling out the win, so I think you're going to have two wins right off the bat, to one okay. for each team. All right, Austin, your per, your win loss prediction for those two games? Uh, Clemson over Georgia Tech easily. Uh, Georgia State's a good team. Mm-hmm. This is the first meeting between South Carolina and Georgia State. Obviously, we talked about Sean Elliott. He's thirty and thirty right now as head coach of Georgia State. I think it is not going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be closer than I'm comfortable with, mm-hmm. but I think Carolina gets the win. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Clemson, uh, how DJ will look is obviously going to be the biggest story, but I think I think what people are going to see, and they won't give it enough respect because it is Georgia Tech, but I think people are going to see just how good this Clemson defense is. I think that's going to be a story throughout the season. Clemson gets the win in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Gamecocks, how does Spencer Radler look first game? I think takes a little while to get going, but I think you start seeing flashes of what he can bring yeah. to the table from the quarterback position and play mac- playmaker ability. Gamecocks get the win to start the season. So if I understand right now, all teams undefeated, everybody's happy, got W's to start the season. Up. One and up. That's how you want to start <laughs> W's the season. The Can't board. go undefeated until you win the first one. That's all right, right. So let's go second game. This is where it gets a little interesting for the Gamecocks. Clemson gets a FCS opponent. They get the Furman Paladins. And then you've got the Gamecocks going on the road to a popular, trendy team right now in the SEC, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Addison. Uh, obviously, big, easy win for Clemson against Furman. Uh, South Carolina going to Arkansas. Again, like you said, Arkansas's on the up and up right now. They're doing well. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I think Arkansas put, picks up the victory. Uh, it'll be very telling to see Spencer Rattler play against an SEC opponent week two. On the road. It's going to be on the road. It's not going to be hospitable. How does he handle it? What does he do? Um, you know, is he able to be what he was at Oklahoma? Or does he come in and he become a South Carolina quarterback? There you go. Um, right. <laughs> I had to throw it out there. Um, I know. I think they I think they lose to Arkansas. So uh, Clemson win, Arkansas – or South Carolina loss. All right. Big game. State big, big game. Big game. Big right? game. Week two test. Uh, and it doesn't get any fun after this one. Uh, this is a big game. So, for me, you know, I got, I got three scenarios of Carolina. There's the overachiever, we win every game this, that's iffy. Okay, I thought you were going to say win every game. Scenario. I was yeah, like, that's what? The, that's, that's us picking up wins uh, okay, at Missouri, yeah, yeah. Arkansas, Tennessee. Yeah. There's one where we lose every one of those games, yeah. and there's a split, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm splitting it. Somewhere in the middle. This okay. is a big one. 
and I've gone back and forth on this one. I think, unfortunately, you lose to Arkansas in this game. There's a big potential you win, but just to be safe in my predictions, I got I got us losing against Arkansas. Yeah, and I think that's – so, obviously, Clemson, Furman – Clemson gets the yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, just don't get injured. You know, try to get injury free there. Uh, play your backups. Don't yeah, get hurt. yeah. Clemson two and the start season. South Carolina at Arkansas, trendy pick. A uh, lot of hype around not how good South Carolina can be this year, but Shane Beamer. Shane yeah. Beamer. I mean, the national media is a fan of Shane Beamer. The Gamecocks fans right now are fans of Shane Beamer. How long does it take to turn? Yeah, That's then, the question. That's I, 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 I like Shane Beamer, and but I don't. You know, wait. South Carolina fans are very understanding. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, you and I have an uncle who I would beg to differ to say he is understanding. There, there, there's, there's, there's a, I'm not going to say majority of South Carolina fans, but there is, there is a lot of. A passionate, a passionate, very vocal, loud, vocal very part loud. of the fan base that is very impatient. And, and but, you know. Let's move on from We're that. Moving so, on. We're moving so, on. So, uh, Arkansas is a tough test for South Carolina right now. I think Arkansas is a more talented team. Uh, and, yes, they lost some playmakers in the draft last year, but they hit up the transfer portal this offseason, brought in a lot more talent. South Carolina did as well. But still, I think right now South Carolina is going to have to rely too much on Spencer Radler in this game. And I just don't think he's going to be able to get the win for him. Close game, but Arkansas gets the W knocking off the Gamecocks undefeated season out the window. We're moving on to the following week. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I also think Spencer Rattler is better than Addison gives him credit for. He's 15-2 and two as a starter, and he's won his last 15 games he started. He's a good player coming into South Carolina. I think he's going to surprise I'm you. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I said he was a good player coming into South Carolina. I, I think he's going Does to Does he become you. a South Carolina quarterback, which mm-hmm. historically, not great. Yeah, so so moving on. So now you've got South Carolina. They go on the road to Arkansas. We've got them losing on the road. Guess what they get welcomed back home to? The defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Clemson with another easy game there in week three, mm-hmm. taking on Louisiana Tech. I believe they're the Bulldogs as well. But regardless, you've got Georgia, South Carolina, Louisiana Tech, Clemson, Addison. Your thoughts? Clemson, obviously another easy win over Louisiana Tech. Um, South Carolina, Georgia's a, a real good team, even with – you know I'm not picking them to win the SEC. I'm picking Alabama. The only reason is the number of – uh, starters, Georgia's losing. Uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier. I don't think that South Carolina, at their top potential, right, at South Carolina being the peak of what they can be with who they have, their coaching staff, everything else, I still don't think they beat Georgia. Um, even if they have the best season they could possibly have, they don't pick up a win against Georgia. Um, so I've got another Clemson win, another Carolina loss. Yeah, same here. Uh, Stetson Bennett's not elite. I think Carolina has played Georgia close over the past several years. Last year wasn't close, but they covered the spread. I think they covered the spread again this year. That's all that matters. Yep. That's what Shane Beamer's <laughs> concerned about is covering the spread. So, listen, guys. <laughs> Austin's got money on this. Austin's got <laughs> money on this. Uh, I think we covered the spread. I don't think you beat Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I mean – you know. Yeah, Clemson gets the win over Louisiana Tech. Clemson's 3-0. Fans are happy. 
South Carolina. As a hard fault to I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a game. I think this is going to be Georgia Bulldogs are – they're going to be thankful when they walk out of the state and they escape with a win. I mean, this is – does South, it, South Carolina is talented at Georgia? No, not even no. close. But I still think it's early in the season, and I think Spencer Radler – is going to allow early in the season for the Gamecocks to stay in the game. I think he's still going to be confident at that point in the season. I think they give the Georgia Bulldogs a game. I think it's an ugly game, but Georgia escapes Williams-Brice with a win. Gamecocks go to one and two. But I think the fans of the South Carolina Gamecocks will be happy, even though they're one and two, I think they're going to be happy with where their football team sits at this point in the season. I'm going to say, I think, I and again, if, if South Carolina – plays up to their potential. I agree with you. I think it's a much closer game than it could be. I think that they make it a game. I think that this is the game that Spencer Rattler has the opportunity to really endear the University of South Carolina fans to him. He plays a great game against Georgia, win or lose. He plays a great game against Georgia. Everybody, not that everybody's not already on the bandwagon, but every single South Carolina fan loves them some Spencer Rattler if he plays well against Yeah, and Georgia. I'll make this comment before we move on to the next week. Georgia will have the best team on the field. South Carolina may very well. They will have the best quarterback They'll have on the, the best field, quarterback, and it's, yeah. not Hands even, down. it's not even close. No, no. And, but, and that's going to be enough, I think, because it's at home, hostile environment. I think they're going to give Georgia a very, very tough game. But – Sadly, for the Gamecock fans, they won't get the W. Still going to be a loss, but yeah. it'll be a good game. It'll I'm excited to watch so it. So we will go to week four now. We've I always got... hate that it's usually a nude game. So I think right now, if I, if I got everybody, everybody has Clemson at 3-0, and we all have South Carolina at 1-2. Yes, correct. Right now, yes. Through, correct. Three. So now we'll go South Carolina finally gets a, a game that they should win, yep. rest up, they heal get a up, breath. They get, a breath. get back in the win column. They take on Charlotte. Clemson goes on the road to take on the Demon Deacons. Obviously, Wake Forest breaking news. Not breaking news, but this the news came out this week. Their star quarterback, Sam Hartman, out indefinitely. Nobody knows when he'll be back. Undisclosed medical reason. Nobody knows when the return will be. Addison, Clemson, Wake Forest, South Carolina, Charlotte. Uh, Clemson, Wake Forest, I think. Another easy win for Clemson, um, especially with the quarterback situation. I think Clemson gets another easy win off of this one. Uh, South Carolina playing Charlotte, again, it's a game you should win 100%. There shouldn't be anything. I think, again, Spencer Rattler coming off of a good game against Georgia, even with a loss, now is a chance for him to come out and shine. He comes out against a Charlotte team that the defense is not going to be an SEC-style defense. You're not going to be worried about him getting sacked every play. This is a defense he can really put up some crazy numbers on. Um, I could see him putting up potentially, you know, team record numbers at this game. He comes in, he does really well. They pick up the win against Charlotte. Uh, yeah, Clemson wins. <coughs> Carolina wins. Yeah, Easy yeah, I, I agree with you. South Carolina, they bounce back, get back in the win column. Clemson, Wake Forest, yes, they they've become a legit 9-8, 9-10 win team in the ACC, but their style of offense does not work against Clemson's defensive no. front. It does not work. That mesh handoff, delayed handoff right there at the line, delaying it, that defensive line is just too yeah. good. It's just going to get chewed up. Yeah, yeah, and Wake Forest, 
they try to outscore everyone, and they're not going to be able to put up the points against that Clemson defense. But I think the key, what I do want to bring up about this game, this is where the quarterback storyline of Clemson takes shape for the season. If DJ does, hasn't shown in the first three weeks that he is a consistent performer on offense, I think this game, if he comes out and for some reason is shaky in the first half, I think you see Cade Klubnick step in, and I think he will be given the reins. But I don't think that's how it's going to play out. I think DJ is somewhere in between what you saw his freshman year and his sophomore year, and that's good enough with this Clemson defense and with that strong run game. Clemson gets the win on the road. South Carolina gets a nice win. Bounce back, gets back in the win column over Charlotte. One thing I will say about uh, the quarterback situation you just brought up, I think that your first four games as Clemson – it all comes down to how many interceptions does he throw. If he can control the ball, he doesn't have to throw for four, five, six hundred yards every game. He has to keep his percentage of interceptions down. If he can minimize the number of interceptions he has over that four-game span, then I think, hey, it's your team. Make it happen. Yep, yep, yep. And so that brings us into week five. We're all on the same page with our records. We've got... South Carolina getting another break. They're taking on the South Carolina State Bulldogs, the Fighting Vikings. And you've got Clemson, maybe their biggest game of the season. I think if NC State's undefeated, Clemson's undefeated, this is a possible college game day opportunity for Clemson. Yeah. And obviously Clemson wanting the revenge factor. Uh, Their head coach is not liked by Clemson fans. And so I think this is going to be a hostile environment. That is going to be a huge home game for Clemson to make a statement. Addison, Clemson, NC State, South Carolina, South Carolina State. Clemson, NC State, I think is going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, I do think Clemson picks up the win. Um, But, again, I think that this is one of those games where you can stumble. You don't play your A game when you're playing against North Carolina State, game five. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you bad. So, They've got a chance to, to maybe slip up, but I think they will win. Um, South Carolina, you're playing South Carolina State. This should be an easy win. I do think they'll win pretty pretty handily. Um, however, this is the same situation where South Carolina State, look, they've done better over the past number of years. They continue to get better. Um, you know, their number one linebacker from a couple of years ago is now one of the best, if not the best, linebackers in the NFL. Um, they are getting decent people to go to that school. They have really turned it to, you know, they, they have a winning tradition. They're, they're making, making strides. South Carolina could stumble. Um, however, I think they do pick up the win. I don't think you stumble against South Carolina State. I think you're overstating it like you typically do <laughs> when you talk about South Carolina. Uh, SC State's a good program. Buddy Pugh, 143 wins, 80 losses. I thought you were talking about how old he was there for a second. <laughs> 142. 143. They, uh, they did beat Deion's Jackson That's State right. That's in right. a celebration bowl last year. Upset them. Uh, but South Carolina rolled through that one. I don't think this game is going to be as close for Clemson and North Carolina State. Uh, uh, North Carolina State does have – a very talented quarterback in Devin Leary, but they're losing two of their best running backs and I think their top wide receiver. Is that Dennis Leary's son? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't see them 
I'm not buying the stock on North Carolina State like everybody else is. Yeah, I think Clemson wins this. I don't think it's a blowout, but I don't think it's as close as the experts think. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree with. So obviously, South Carolina gets the win over South Carolina State. You you go to three and two, Clemson. I I think this is the moment where this the the Cade Clubnick that that starts to quiet down. I think DJ in this game establishes himself as the quarterback. He, I'm not saying he's got to have a great game, anything outstanding, but this running game is so good. He's got playmakers around him as long as the wide receivers stay healthy. Best offensive line he's had in a couple of years. And then you've got – I'll keep saying it. This defense is legit this year. This is, this is Clemson 2018, Clemson 2014, where they had the best defenses in college football. I mean, this this is a very talented defense, and that's going to make the difference. Clemson gets the win at home, keeps the undefeated season going. Game comes back in the Again, and my question for Clemson is around DJU. Yeah, right? and I think that's I, I don't know yeah. what you're going to get. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what you're going to get. Is he going to be and, – and obviously last year was a horrible season for him. He did not have the stability or the playmakers around him like he did in the no. one. I get that. But I'm anxious to see what happens, right? That that plays on your psyche. That plays on him oh, yeah. as a developing young quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you come out and have just not a good season. How are you going to bounce back? I'm anxious to see. I, it really, I think Clemson's season, and obviously anybody, any team season depends on the quarterback, right? That's yeah. just the nature yeah, of the yeah, game. You want to, if you but want to have I national think, championship aspirations, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to be under a magnifying glass, I agree. And I don't know much about the backup quarterback, but I don't know. I'm very anxious to see these first five games because as we talk, Clemson's going to have a stretch coming up after that. Yeah, yeah, and they, they, and and I, I think that's where majority of the North Carolina I mean, State game. Yeah, I'm a lot of people sure. want to point to Tony Elliott's gone, Brent Venable's gone. Well, the talent's still there, but last year it was, it was horrible. Offensive line injuries, wide receiver injuries. DJ was about 30 pounds overweight. He had a, a sprained PCL. He had a broken finger on his throwing hand. I mean, it was just <laughs> – I mean, worst-case scenario uh, for him last year for his success. I don't think he's Trevor Lawrence and Sean Watson, but I don't think he's what he was last year either. I think just there's a lot of bad things that happened to cause what how he performed last year. I think he's somewhere in between. All right, so let's move on to the following week. Gamecocks go back on the road to take on Mark Stoops' Kentucky Wildcats, and Clemson goes on the road to take Boston, take on Boston College. Asin, what do you have? Uh, Boston College game is always a scary game for Clemson, regardless of how everybody's doing in the season. Um, I think they'll pull out a win. Um, again, Boston College is scary. I don't think it'll be a blowout, uh, but I think Clemson pulls out the win. Uh, South Carolina, on the other hand, I don't think they're going to be able to take Kentucky. Kentucky, I think, is the dark horse in the SEC East right now. I think they've got a chance to not win the SEC East, but to be up there in the top tier. Um, And because of that, I don't think South Carolina is able to pick up the win. So you got Kentucky being top tier SEC East? No, no, he's a a dark horse. Dark horse. Dark horse. horse. Not top tier. Dark horse. Uh, I would love to see Boston College beat Clemson. I'm a Boston College fan. Last season, 
Clemson, I don't even think they had any starters in that game, did they? No, nah, That's know. probably what's the class last yeah. season. I'd love to see it happen. I don't think – if they stay healthy, Clemson rolls through that one. Uh, again, this is, you know, this is a swing game for Carolina and Kentucky. Uh, once that I don't like is uh, seven out of the last eight games, uh, Kentucky's won. And we haven't won in in Lexington since 2012, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so obviously Clemson on the road at Boston College. Did you get? Yeah, did you give your? Pick I, didn't, I didn't give a pick yet. That is. <laughs> uh, I'll just go with these insane stats. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a game that Carolina can and should win. They should have won the game last year. There's question marks. Uh, Kentucky's quarterback is now transferred out to Tarleton. Little small That's where all Texas. quarterbacks go to yeah. have success. Tarleton. And then they're bringing in Penn State's uh, quarterback, Will Lewis, who's a big question mark there. Uh, Kentucky loses a running back, but they're bringing back a, a heavy defensive line. I think this is a game Carolina wins. They should have won it last year. I wish this was in Columbia. And if this was in Columbia, 100%, I think Carolina's got it. Question mark because it's in Lexington. I'm still putting down Carolina win. Okay, so – so Clemson gets the win against Boston College. Yeah. I think the defense continues to be the storyline for the Tigers. This game, you said it. South Carolina fans are like, why can't we beat Kentucky? What you is should, yeah. what is going on? Why is Kentucky what seven out of the eight last eight years? Yeah. You know, South Kentucky's gotten the win. If this game was at home, I'd give it to the Gamecocks. Yeah. If this game was at home, with the momentum they built from the last two weeks. Getting two nice, easy wins at home, taking on Kentucky. I like the chances of getting the W on the road. I think South Carolina's problem you're going to see with them this year. Kentucky's not a more talented team. You know they're going to have a legit defense, and I think it's going to – I think you start seeing signs of, okay, Spencer Rattler needs help and we don't have it for him, especially in the offensive line. I think Kentucky's defensive line that you mentioned gets after Spencer Rattler. Another ugly, low-scoring game. Kentucky loves games like that. And Kentucky gets the W on the road. Well, here's, here's the key. Here's the key to Carolina as a whole. It's an offense line. Mm-hmm. Horrible, right? Yeah, Horrible pass. I've heard years. ESPN people that's been at camp that says this is the worst offensive line in the SEC. They're coming back. This is their second season under Marcus Satterfield as offense coordinator. If you're going to have a decent offense line, it's going to be now. You're bringing back six – no, seven guys who started six games last year. You got your tackles, uh, Tayshawn Wanamaker and Dylan Wadham, who are excellent. I think if if there's anything that's going to be improved, it's got to be the offensive line. And that's going to be – They need it to be improved. That's, it has to be. They were yeah. horrible last year. Yeah. Right? They gave up uh, 31 sacks. You're right, number 79 in, in, in the NCAA for sacks given up. Was that three A's you put on that? Yeah, it was a lot of A's. It was a lot of A's. But that's going to be the key to the season. It starts yeah. with the offense. I mean, both sets the line, and we'll get defense line later. But, I mean, offense line, that's the main thing. Yeah. Yeah, so now this is where the bye weeks start coming. I don't, I don't necessarily agree that uh, Spencer Rattler doesn't have options around him. And running back wide receiver, I think it starts with the line. The uh, so this is where the bye weeks start coming into play. So the the dates get they're not the same, but it's still 
the what is this the seventh game, sixth, seventh game? Yeah, week seven. Carolina has to buy. Yeah, so Clemson after South Carolina goes on the road and takes on Kentucky. We've got them going back home to Williams Bryce, taking on the Texas A&M Aggies, and then we've got Clemson on the road at Florida State. So two two big games for both schools. Addison, how do you like the results for those both teams? Uh, I think I think Clemson continues to win at Florida State until Florida State decides to bring Dion in, <laughs> and then it might be a different story. Uh, so I think Clemson Clemson's going to win that game. Uh, as for South Carolina, uh, you're talking about Texas A&M. That's you know they're going to be potentially competing for that SEC West spot. Uh, they're probably going to go have at least nine wins on the season. Um, number one recruiting class in the nation uh, in 2022. Um, a lot of good transfers they picked up in the offseason. I, I think South Carolina. This is another one of those, just like with the Georgia game. Um, I think South Carolina could be at peak performance, and I still don't think they beat Texas A&M. Austin? I got Car- or excuse me, Clemson rolling over FSU again. I don't think FSU's there yet. They're, they're on the uptick. They're on the upswing. I don't see them winning uh, yet, though. Texas A&M, uh, they're going to have a younger team this year, but their strength comes in their defensive backs, which is where we're hoping our best – uh, tool is going to be a Spencer Rattler. Uh, I don't see Carolina being able to win this one, unfortunately. But uh, you're going to see what Carolina's defensive line is made of. You're going to see A&M running the ball. What's Carolina's defensive line going to look like? you got a lot of, a lot of talented defensive line players. And, I mean, that brings us into a guy that I wanted to talk about and get your, get your uh, feelings on, Jordan Birch. If he doesn't do anything this year, is he a bust? I would say so. This is his third year. You would hope. He's but had you know, one sack. Sometimes it takes a lot. I mean, some players don't develop until their fourth yeah. or fifth season. So he's I mean, had one sack in his career. He had last year. He had the interception return for a touchdown. He's got all the features, all the qualities, but he just has not performed. And you look at somebody who's was a less touted recruit that came a year earlier in Zach Pickens, who has performed. I mean, you. Boogie Huntley, friend of the former show, Boogie Huntley, I mean, he's kind of on the same level as Jordan Burch right now. Yeah, definitely wasn't as highly as talented as Jordan Burch. Now, now Pickens was, you know, he was a four-star. Pickens yeah, was. He was a four-star yeah. recruit. But, but I'm saying, you look at them, and, and they, I mean, Jordan yeah. Burch was talented uh, as higher than, than yeah, Zach Yeah, Jordan Burch was a five-star But then you get into where do they play. Zach Pickens came out of T.L. Hanna. Jordan Burch, well, I think too. From? I think he too. He came from Hannah, Hammond, playing in Skiza. Yeah. Well, and, I think and too. And there's a strength can, of, of talent that you're going against there. Yeah, I think too that it can be. I mean, who knows what the the issue is? But it can with a lot of college athletes. It can take. They come in as a highly touted recruit, and fans want immediate yeah. success. And mm-hmm. sometimes it takes sure. until that fourth or fifth year. You know, a red shirt. I don't know if Jordan Burch was red shirted or not. Probably wasn't. Probably should have been. Um, but that development. Well, that goes where is back he to who you had in charge right there? Yeah, yep. and it goes back to Will Muschamp, who I said while he was at Florida, players don't get any better under Will Muschamp. They stay the same. Uh, so that moving on to my pick for that one. I like Clemson on the road at Florida State again. The defense is just too dominant. Defense travels. They get the win on the road. Stay undefeated. Texas A&M, one of the best teams in the SEC. 
probably the second, at worst, third most talented team in the SEC. And South Carolina coming back, tough loss on the road against Kentucky. I don't think they're going to be able to get the win here on at home. South Carolina falls to the Aggies. And we are now sitting at what's our record, I believe, that puts the Gamecocks with me at 500, maybe one game under 500, somewhere in there. Clemson undefeated. Um, I got Carolina 500. in week seven, four and three. Okay. Yeah, four and three. So I think I'm three and four. I believe Addison's probably three and four as well because I think we've been Correct. in agreement. All right, so moving on. Next, we've got the Battle of Columbia. You've got South Carolina Gamecocks taking on Missouri, and you've got Clemson taking on Syracuse. Clemson, Syracuse. I think Clemson's going to pick up that win. Um, Is Danny DeVito's nephew still at uh, Tommy Syracuse? DeVito? I don't think still so. Syracuse. <laughs> um, Syracuse is another one of those that historically plays Clemson close. It's a scary game, but I think Clemson's going to pick up the win on that one. Um, South Carolina coming back after after a pretty big loss. I'm thinking after Texas A&M game, um, they're playing Mizzou. Uh, I think they pick up the win over Mizzou. I think it's an important win for them for the season. I think that it gives them a little bit of hope moving forward. Hey, we've got a chance to save this season, make it make it something special. Uh, so I think South Carolina and Clemson both pick up wins. Uh, Clemson, Syracuse is garbage. Yeah. Clemson, easy schedule so far. They're rolling through, right? Uh, battle for the Mayor's Cup. It's Halloween weekend. Willie B's rocking. It's probably going to be a night game. That's going to be a fun game. Um, they always play Missouri close. Missouri's won in the last three. They won last year 31-28. Uh, another game, Kentucky-Missouri. Carolina should have won both of those games. I got them bouncing back this season with both wins in these games. You get after, uh, they got a sophomore quarterback in Brady Cook. They're young. They're inexperienced. I think if you can actually get your defense line, your edge rushers moving, I think you can pressure him. I think Carolina gets the win. Yeah, I like that. Clemson gets the win over Syracuse, although for some reason Syracuse tends to play Clemson close. I Every year. I don't understand it. But, Every year. But I think Clemson gets an easy win. And then I think South Carolina, hold on to your seats, guys. Things are about to get interesting in Columbia, South Carolina. I got the Gamecocks winning Missouri over Missouri. Questions will be around. I hate to say it. Gamecock fans don't want to hear it. But Spencer Radler has the pass that he has known as can be a problem in the locker room. That's his past in, in Oklahoma. I think Shane Beamer is the right man to guide him through a difficult two-loss stretch there with Kentucky and A&M. Gets the ship righted. Shows that he's the right guy to lead the Gamecocks the rest of the season. They get a good, important win. Big win. Uh, over Missouri here. All right, so now moving over. Gamecocks taking on Vanderbilt. Clemson on the road. Toughest test of the season in South Bend, taking on the Fighting Irish. Addison, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> South Carolina is taking on Vandy. Vandy is the worst team in the SEC, east or west. Uh, South Carolina. Southeast, west, north, whatever you want to say. <laughs> SEC. Soon it'll be that because it'll be the SEC all over the place. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's going to be a good quality win for South Carolina. I think it's going to be quality? a quality win. It'll be a win. <laughs> I, think, I think he means uh, – uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a big win. Yeah. It'll be a big win. I think they'll be God they'll be high <laughs> they'll be high off the victory over Mizzou. They come in and they beat Vandy pretty substantially. Uh, Clemson, on the other hand, heading to South Bend, I got them losing that game. I think that's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game. Any game in South Bend is going to be hard. 
I think Clemson's going to be real high on their horse going into that game. I think on they may. Horse. Hey, give me that horse. <laughs> I think. I, th <laughs> I think. I think they're going to not overlook Notre Dame because you can't overlook Notre Dame. But I don't think they're going to go into it with as good of a mentality as they're going to need to win in South Bend. I think Clemson picked up their first loss of the season at Notre Dame. DJU, three picks in the game, five Irish win. Moving over to Vandy, Carolina has won 13 straight against Vanderbilt. We're going to make it 14 if we lose that game. Yeah. <laughs> that's a must win. Yeah. You're talking about a must win? It's yeah, a, that's must a must win, win. against Vandy. Must win. Last season was almost a loss. Yeah. And you had the, the hero of Zeb Nolan come in and lead the last, uh, the last drive to throw that. Was like 17, mm -hmm. 16 yard touchdown pass. Beautiful. Carolina wins this one, God willing. Yep, and so and the creek don't run. South Carolina beats Vanderbilt. A little momentum starting to South go. South Carolina here. wins. South Notre Car Dame wins. Clips and loses. It's a good weekend. South Carolina. <laughs> South Carolina gets the win. Some momentum starting to build here late in the season. Gets two wins back to back for the Gamecocks. Clemson on the road. South Bend. DJ. DJU. What's his day. career best performance, guys? Against Notre Dame. Against Notre Dame. Year one. Most passing yards ever by an opponent in South Bend. 413. DJ has a breakout performance. Clemson's defense is dominant. False. Clemson, <laughs> Notre Dame doesn't have any offensive weapons to threaten. Right, doesn't have enough <laughs> doesn't have weapons on offense to threaten the Clemson defense. Clemson wins. Lower scoring controlled win for Clemson. I like them to win. Continue the undefeated season. First year head coach. That's where the question mark comes sure. in line. Sure. I don't think they're fighting ours. There's going to be questions on offense. How are we going to score? Who's our player? Ground and pound, best offensive line in the nation. We'll be going against the best defensive line in the nation. To counteract Clemson gets Clemson. the win. Clemson gets DJU, the win. DJU, three picks. Notre Dame wins. Okay. All right. So <laughs> Write it down. Don't so say Clemson's I'm undefeated. Right so now we'll move on. They're not undefeated. It's lost. No. Clemson no. <laughs> just won. So now we're moving on. Going down to the Swamp are the Gamecocks to take on Florida. First-year head coach Billy Napier. Clemson taking on a sneaky good Louisville Cardinals team under Scott Satterfield at home. Yes. Uh, Louisville is a good team. Louisville's a quality team. I think that uh, Clemson comes off a loss at Notre Dame, refocused. You know, hey, we got to get back in this. They come into that game, they're ready, and they pick up a big win over a Louisville team that's a good quality team. So I think Clemson picks up the win. South Carolina going down to the swamp. Uh, Billy Napier, I think, is going to start turning around the Gators. Um, and I think that South Carolina is going to drop. Yeah, you don't want to turn him around. <laughs> <laughs> I think one, two, three, just split down the middle. That, that Gator, pity yo. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think the Gators pick up the win at home. I think that South Carolina is going to drop that one. Um, I think that, again, they're just going to be overpowered. I think. The offensive line for South Carolina is going to be the issue in that game. But I think I think yeah, South Carolina is yeah. going to take the L uh, in the swamp. Uh, Clemson picks up the win. Okay. All right. Austin? Uh, Clemson keeps rolling. Easiest schedule in the world. 
so far. Or in the world. Uh, well, so far, they've taken on NC State top 15 team. You NC got State, Forest, I buy it. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Wake Forest. Without, who knows when their quarterback comes. Yeah. And then, then Notre Dame. They lost to Notre Dame. <laughs> but they won. But they, they won. Lost Dame. So you're confused there. So they're going to beat Louisville. Okay. Sure. It's in baseball. They're all making <laughs> bats. You know? <laughs> all right. So we're going down to the swamp. But this is in Columbia. 100% Carolina gets the win. We're going down into the swamp. Kind of scary. Kind of scary. Uh, last year, you beat Florida by three touchdowns, but you had the hunch back in. In, uh, in in Gainesville down there. What do you think about this quarterback coming in at Florida? Well, do you have a win? Or what's your prediction? I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think about well, AR-15? What a cool nickname. That is. Now yeah, that he's that's, retired. That's nickname there. He's retired. Yeah. I, I say we still call him AR-15. Yeah. Well, he's not going to do anything to keep us from calling him that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I think um, – I want to see how he plays the season. I'm, I'm very anxious to see what he's going to come in, or how he's going to come in to perform as their quarterback. I think from a game Gamecocks uh, perspective, if you want to beat Florida, you better do it now. You got one last year. Let's get it this year because it's going to be tough coming up. I think Billy Napier's the, the man for the job in Gainesville. I think he's going to turn them around. But I really think Carolina can squeeze out a win this year. Why are you laughing at us? No, I, are you talking about turning around Gators, too? Hey, I mean, if there's anybody to turn around a Gator, it's Billy, Billy Napier. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, Clemson gets the win over Louisville. I think it's a you know pretty easiest entertaining game. But I think Clemson gets the win. Hey, I tell you what, your Rem- schedule is almost as easy as Coastal. Rem- <laughs> they remain undefeated. I think that puts them at 10-0 and 0 right now. And 9 then, And then – the Gamecocks go down to Florida. I told you, hold on, Gamecock fans. It's about to get, it's about to get entertaining. I think the Gamecocks make it three in a row. They go down to the swamp. There it is. As big a fan uh, <laughs> as I am of Billy Napier, I am in complete agreement with Austin. He's going to write that ship. Not he in year one. Turn that game not, not, <laughs> not in year one. Uh, as a college football fan, I, you know, I kind of have a school in every conference that I root for. Big, I like Florida. I've always kind of made them my SEC team. Down the swamp, great environment. You look like a Florida fan. But the Gamecocks. He does look like a Florida fan. I don't have fan. jorts on, so no. Uh, <laughs> Let's tell everybody what you are wearing. <laughs> You're wearing a Dr. Xavier's Institute. X-Men. So we have <laughs> Gamecocks. Three wins in a row. Song. Longest win streak of the season. Longest win streak in team history. Yeah, longest win streak of the season. Spencer Rattler's looking good. Gamecocks fans are excited. Go on the road, get a win, get a win. And uh, Clemson and South Carolina <laughs> fans are happy after the week. So let's move on. All right. Now we've got another big weekend. Clemson another takes huge on, weekend. Clemson takes on Miami. Mario Cristobal, Austin's pick to win the ACC, and you've got it's a me, you've got <laughs> you've got Addison. Uh, what's your thoughts? You got. South Carolina taking on Tennessee, maybe a team that overperformed last season. Definitely. Uh, what, did. What, what do you think about Rocky Top and the Gamecocks, and then uh, Crystal Ball first year Miami taking on the Tigers? So we're talking about South Carolina going and playing Tennessee. They're at home. No, no. Tennessee. Tennessee's at Carolina. Yeah. Well, playing them. I'm sorry, forgive me. Well, that's that's. Yeah, that's okay. Big, that's okay. Big difference, dude. In Columbia. Yeah, yeah about twenty-five thousand. You know what? Less. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, and that hang up songs I played the entire game. I went to a game in Williams Bryce where that song did play the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> Somebody shut that band up. <laughs> um, 
Tennessee, I think, uh, not a fluke last season. I think they have some elite talent on that team. Um, I think that their quarterback, uh, Hendon Hooker, is a good quality quarterback. I think he's a top-tier quarterback. Um, I think they're going to have nine wins this season. I think one of those wins is going to be against South Carolina. Uh, I think Tennessee picks up the win. South Carolina loses that game. We go over to Clemson. Clemson playing Miami. Mario Cristobal, I think, again, one of my top picks for the best change in coaching in the entire nation. I'm very excited about Miami, the U coming back. Um, I am a Clemson fan, but I do love me some Miami Hurricanes. Um, Clemson drops that game. Clemson drops that game. Miami's going to pick up that win. All right, so Clemson falling to Miami and the Gamecocks falling to the Volunteers of Tennessee, according to Addison. Austin? I agree with uh, both picks. Both picks. I think Miami is going to be the winners of the ACC. I stick with that. I think they upset Clemson. By this point, Clemson's still ranked higher than Miami. Uh, I think Clemson loses in a tough game against Miami. Tennessee, I don't think anybody called them a fluke last year. They just overperformed, just like Carolina overperformed last season. Uh, Tennessee's a good team, and this is one of those games I went back and forth on. But I think, to be safe, I'm picking Carolina losing to Tennessee uh, in a in a closer game. Okay. Yeah, so – all right, so we've got four losses already coming mm-hmm. my way. So Clemson, Miami. I think Mario Cristobal gets Miami back faster than Napier gets Florida back. But I still got to turn around again. I still got to turn around again. Turn around again. I don't think. The duck. So I don't think. Miami is talented going into Death Valley. That defense. I don't like their chances. I do think there's a rematch coming down the road. Agreed. But Clemson gets the win at home against Miami, go to 11-0 in the season. And like I warned y'all, hold on, Gamecock fans. You have now reached four wins in a row. In Williams-Brice, big-time game, establishing yourself in the SEC East standings. Wait, you picked Carolina I I think South Carolina will knock off Tennessee in Williams-Brice. That's why I'm going with them. At home, a lot of momentum, three-game winning streak, playing their best ball of the season. I think they knock off Tennessee. I'd love to see it. At home. Gamecocks, seventh win of the season. I didn't see that coming from you. Seventh win of the season. Everybody's excited. Yeah. Now. Now's the big one. We get to rivalry week. Big week. Rivalry week. Clemson taking (laughs) on. Those R's are hard to say, guys. (laughs) You got Clemson, South Carolina, First time in Death Valley since, what, 2019, I believe. They were supposed to play in Death Valley in 2020. Game didn't occur. They played last – Go COVID. Uh, So, 2021, (laughs) they played in Williams-Brice. South Carolina fans excited. Hey, Clemson stinks this year. This is our chance. And Nobody Clemson, said that. Oh, a lot of fans <laughs> that. I'm pretty sure and you Clemson, said that. Clemson with two walk-on wide definitely receivers, one of them being Dabo Sweeney's son, starting the game. Clemson oh, got an easy win because they were out of players. <laughs> uh, so this one's in Death Valley. Clemson go looking for a 12-0 season. Gamecocks no, they riding no, the, they're not. They've already lost two games. Riding the four-game <laughs> four win streak. Addison, who do you have in the Palmetto 
what is it, the Palmetto State rivalry game? The Palmetto Bowl, whatever it is. I want this to be a good game. I don't think it will be. Um, I think Clemson's going to be, you know, handily beat South Carolina. Um, I think they're going to be coming off of a, a loss at home against Miami. I think they're going to be coming off of a loss against Miami. I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder, and they're going to want to put it on South Carolina. I think they're going to run the score. They're going to get as many points as they can possibly they're get. Take that chip yeah. off of their shoulder. <laughs> and yeah. and place it <laughs> on Carolina. No, I think, uh, no I, I think they're going to beat them handily. I think Clemson comes out with the victory. Uh, so that would give me, with Clemson having a 10-2 and two record, um, and South Carolina have a five and seven, seven okay. or being five and seven. All right, so missing out on a bowl game, Addison has Shane Beamer's Gamecocks with a losing record in 2022. Austin, Vegas has the line at 5.5. Because that's what we're concerned with. Hammer the longest. <laughs> Hammer the over. Because uh, <laughs> because Clemson's got to score 900. <laughs> Hammer the over. South Carolina gets out of the season seven and five. They will lose to Clemson. But you see this as the year when things start to try to get to be competitive again. Todd Ellis said that seven years ago. Clemson fans are afraid of what Will Muschamp's doing in Columbia. Well, that's Todd Ellis. (laughs) Uh, Right now, Clemson has won seven straight, which, as Clint knows, ties the record for longest win streak. That was back in 1934. Clemson had a seven-win streak from 34 to 1940. Uh, unfortunately, I see that climbing to an eight-win streak. But I think things are on the turnaround. I think this game will be competitive for a couple quarters. I don't see it being a huge blowout, Addison. I do. Carolina finishes the season at 7-5. Clemson finishes the season at a disappointing 10-2 and with two losses in the ACC. No, that'd be one loss. In one the ACC. loss in the ACC. Uh, so I count Notre Dame. <laughs> well, they're uh, not. <laughs> all right, so Gamecocks four-game winning streak on the road against Clemson. What have we? What have we talked about this entire time? Football. South Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina's offensive line will be going against the best defensive front they've seen the entire season. Probably the best front seven. This is the best linebacker core I've seen Clemson have since the 90s. This linebacker core is legit. The defensive line is can go eight to ten players deep. I mean, superb talent on the defensive front. South Carolina's offensive line struggles, and the offense kind of comes back to earth. Spencer Radler struggles. Clemson gets the win in Death Valley, finished the season 12-0, and 0, but hey, uh, Gamecock ten, fans, ten and two, ten and two. 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 Gamecock fans, be happy. You went seven and five. Seven and five. Another good, five respectable season when you're trying to build a consistent program under Shane Beamer. You're not on the same level as Clemson. Nope. You're not on the same level as Texas A&M. You're not on the same level as Georgia. But Shane Beamer is getting consistency, which is what they need in that program. You go into a bowl game. You go into another bowl game. Seven and five. Gamecocks don't get the win. But it's a good season for them. Clemson goes twelve and zero, and those are our picks for this season. So we've got Addison Gamecocks five and seven, five Clemson and seven. ten and two. Yep. Same for Austin with Clemson ten and two. Gamecocks go seven and five. Yep. I also have Gamecocks seven and five, but I have the Tigers going undefeated at twelve and zero. So Vegas line Clemson ten point five under I'm taking the over. 
Under on Clemson, over on Carolina, over on Coastal. I think they're they're sitting at eight. I'm going over on Clemson, over on Coastal, West South Carolinas. Five five. I'm going over. So three over. Taking the over on all three. Uh, we don't bet unders around here, but pull the under on Clemson. All right, so we've got. Yeah, so we've got three topic. Oh no, two topics to go through to finish up the show. Should be pretty quick topics. Uh, the one we're going to do now, so we don't want to give away our predictions of the playoffs. We mentioned it on the episode last week. We love our drafts here on the Walk on Water Boys podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and draft our three college football teams for the season. But how this works is each week you have to drop a team and pick up a different team. Your goal is to have the most teams in the college football playoff. We haven't quite figured out what the punishment's going to be for the, the, the overall loser. Uh, or Addison. Yeah, or Addison. <laughs> Snake draft, of course. Uh, we'll base the draft order off our last official draft result, our draft results, which was the open, I believe, where Austin was the loser, so he'll get the first pick. I don't agree with that. So Addison will be the second pick, and then I will have the third pick. So Austin, I mean Addison, yeah, Austin. I'm used to Addison going first this episode, but Austin, you get the first. Pick. Who is your first pick of the 2022 college football team? Ohio State. Wow. Ohio State. Safe. Ohio (laughs) State to Austin with his first pick. So, Addison, where does that take you? Alabama. Alabama to Addison. Look at that. All right. So, I I see Alabama having a greater chance to lose to Georgia than Ohio State losing to. Yeah, I think Ohio State would have been. Michigan. Yeah, Ohio State's a safer pick. Than Alabama, but what I'm going to do here, I'm going to Take go. Irish, aren't you? I'm going to go with Clemson. I'm going to go with Clemson here. I got them going 12 and 0, so why why wouldn't I take them? And then I'm going to take what I feel like is the second best team in the SEC. If they're able to knock off Alabama, Texas A&M has a clear path to the college football playoff. I will take the Aggies of Texas A&M with my second pick. So that brings it back to you, Addison. We've got Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Texas A&M off the board. You already have the Crimson Tide. Who is your second pick? Uh, I think my second pick is going to be Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Where the wind blows. Yeah, Oklahoma is off the board. They will go to Addison with his second pick. Austin, you've got two picks here. To wrap up your your 2022 team draft, what do you got? I will take Notre Dame and Georgia. And Georgia. So, question marks around Georgia. I'm curious to see how good they are this year. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting pick there with Georgia, the Bulldogs. Addison, back to you for your final team. But I got week one, Ohio State <laughs> and Notre Dame. I got somebody undefeated. You got an easy, you got an easy <laughs> drop that way. Easy drop. They got an easy drop. That uh, third and final pick, Miami. Miami. So just so y'all know, not that my board is anything special, but mm. Addison's last two picks were not even in my top ten. So interesting there. Uh, so Addison goes with Miami. They get in Alabama, Miami. I'm going to go with Utah, my Pac-12 champion pick. I think they've got a nice schedule that sets up for them this year. I like the talent. I think they're going to win the Pac-12, go undefeated in the Pac-12. Question is, can they go undefeated on the season? 
I've got Utah to wrap up my team draft. Just to recap, Austin, Ohio State, Georgia, and Notre Dame. Addison, we've got Oklahoma, Miami, and Alabama. I've got Clemson, Texas A&M, and Utah. All right, so moving on. Like I said, we'll do that once the season starts. We'll have that draft every week. All right, final topic of this episode. Our college football playoff prediction and national championship prediction. Addison, we will start with you. Give me your four teams for your college football playoff and your national championship. My four teams uh, for the playoff are Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Miami. Uh, Clemson my, and Miami. Clemson two and ACC Miami. teams you making it. What? Clemson, two lost Clemson making it. I got a two-loss Clemson making it because I think Miami's going to be a one-loss team. The only time they're going to lose is going to be when they lose to Clemson in the, the ACC, ACC championship. Okay, interesting um, And then the champion, overall champion, I've got Alabama winning it all this year. You have them knocking off. I have them beating Clemson. You have Alabama knocking off Clemson in the national championship. All right, Austin? Alabama versus – Number one, Alabama versus number four, Ohio State. Number two, Miami versus number three, Georgia. I got Alabama beating Miami in the national championship. Wow. Mario Cristobal, the hype train is long gone. You can't even see that train anymore, man. It's it's long gone. Miami going the national championship the first year under Mario Cristobal, and he's holding up the U sign. Taking the U. Taking the U. All right. Hit stick. So you've got Alabama win the national championship over Clemson. That's Addison I'm pointing at. I don't know why I said you. And then Austin's got Alabama win the national championship over Miami. All right, so I've got one seed, Ohio State, taking on four-seeded Utah. I've got two-seeded Clemson taking on three-seeded Alabama. I've got a national championship of one-seed Ohio State taking on three-seeded Alabama. And I've got Alabama – winning the national championship, best quarterback in college football, and Bryce Young. And like Nick Saban said himself, last year was a rebuilding year, guys. We're winning it all this year, 2022. So Alabama picks – all three of us picked Alabama. Oh, just right. different uh, just different matchup in the national different championship routes. game. All right, so that's going to put a wrap on the college football preview episode record here. Eight looking and a half hours later. We're looking at about two hours and 45-minute episode. But, hey, we've been telling you all along we love some college football. We want to do a special episode dedicated to college football. Uh, So, hope you enjoyed it. You got a little bit of, what, two, three weeks before the season gets going, not count week zero. So, so, uh, I'll open up the floor to you guys. Anything you want to mention, maybe something we didn't discuss uh, before we get out of here? Uh, Yeah. Cole Hauser, Rip Wheeler from the TV show Yellowstone, his son, high school senior tight end Ryland Hauser, just got offered by Mississippi State. Wow. Okay. Little pop culture news little, for you. Little, there. little nugget there before we leave. All right. Addison, anything? Uh, no, anything I'm you excited. You want to give us a Coastal Carolina fight song before we get out of here? Uh, you, you're not ready for it. <laughs> uh, do you have one? I think Coastal, we do. What is it? I'm um, not going to take So, so no. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm excited. College football's right around the corner. Uh, I think I'm excited about Coastal's chances on the season. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a good run. Um, no, just excited about the season. Uh, I'm excited that uh, 
I was able to be as prepared for this episode I as I am was. as well. That was exciting. Uh, I so mean, I, we probably go. would have been an hour and a half if you weren't, you weren't so prepared. That's so. correct. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, uh, I'm excited about the season, just ready to get it going. Yeah, excited, excited. A uh, few, few weeks. <laughs> that's, all, that's all we can say is excitement here at the Walk on Water Boys podcast. So for Addison, Austin, I am Clint, and we will see you in, was it two weeks, I believe, before we actually record another episode so right? yeah i think that's right so i mean we just put in almost three hours of episode here guys so. let's, go fire, <laughs> so, let's go fire and grill so, up. yeah yeah all right uh so y'all hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you next time